This is Corolla Digital. Hey, you guys, it's me, Allison. I just want to say thank you so much for listening. If you like what you're hearing, which, let's face it, you do, tell a friend. You can listen to us all sorts of places. A couple of them would be iTunes or AllisonRosen.com. In 72 hours, you could have $35,000 to cover your needs. What would you do? Pay off high-rate credit cards, start a business, do that home improvement project? would start my own business. With our sponsor, Prosper, it's never been easier. Go online, answer a few questions, and see your low fixed rate in seconds. Your money hits your account in as few as three days. Prosper's the fastest growing peer-to-peer lender, and they've facilitated over $1 billion in loans to people like you. Their revolutionary platform connects people looking to borrow money with those who have money to invest. There's no outrageous fees, no raising interest rates, and you'll never set foot in a bank. Just go to prosper.com slash best friend to check your rate instantly without affecting your credit score. For a limited time, Prosper is offering Allison Rosen as your new best friend listeners a $50 Visa prepaid gift card when you get a loan. Go to prosper.com slash best friend. Up to $35,000 in just three days and a $50 gift card. Go to prosper.com slash best friend. Other restrictions apply. See site for details. Gift card is issued by Center State Bank of Florida pursuant to license from Visa USA Inc. All personal loans are made by WebBank, a Utah chartered industrial bank, member FDIC, equal housing lender. Hello, my little chocolate croissants. It's me, Allison. Welcome to another exciting episode of Allison Rosen is your new best friend with guest Lauren Savon. She's a delight, someone that I go way back, well, semi-way back with, uh, and she'll be coming up in just a couple minutes. But first, we have time to talk about a few things. I know you're busy. I know you're probably thinking, if you're like me, you look at your kitchen and you think, this is more than just a place to put things in the microwave and to make coffee. This is a place where I could be cooking meals. But it's such a pain to you know, figure out what I want to make and then go to the store and buy it. And then what do I do with it? Blah, blah, blah. Blue Apron takes all the stress and pressure and um, just angst out of cooking because they send you all the ingredients to make a delicious meal, perfectly proportioned so you know exactly how much to use and it is all right there. And then they also send you this recipe card, which is the kind of thing that you're going to want to keep because it's a delicious recipe and they've broken it down and made it super simple and there's all these photos so it's very, very easy to do whether you're an ace in the kitchen or you're someone who's, you know, sort of just, maybe you're learning how to cook. Um, You need Blue Apron. For $9.99, it's $9.99 a meal, and they send you the ingredients in the exact right proportions and the recipe right to your door. Meals are between 500 and 700 calories per serving, way too low for how delicious they are. As I said, step-by-step instructions with pictures, it's idiot-proof, and cooking takes about half an hour. Shipping is always free. Make stuff like pan-seared chicken thighs, queso and pepper arepas with kale salad, salmon roll sandwiches with baby beet and pea shoot salad. It's all so good. End the stress of cooking right now. Go to blueapron.com slash Allison and get your first two meals free. That's right, two meals free just for going to blueapron.com slash Allison. Hello, Gary. Hello, Allison. How's it going? Just fine. Thanks for asking. How are you? I am snazzy. Yes, you are. <laughs> I think we have an iTunes comment of the week. I think you're right. Allison wants your iTunes comments. Allison wants them. Yes, she does. Please leave her some iTunes comments and don't forget to click five stars. All right, this week's iTunes comment of the week comes to us from Deanne Weimer, and it is titled, What About Brazil Nuts? No one ever mentioned anything about Brazil nuts when listing their favorite nuts. I'm with the girls. The cashews are definitely great. 
Peanuts are eh, so-so, never a top preference. Almonds equal last. However, in my mind, Brazil nuts rule the nut chart. They are the most delectable of all. The Brazil nut sometimes goes by a different name, but I'm certainly not going to mention it here in order to prevent sounding racist. No matter what, enjoy your favorite nut, and thanks so much for the always entertaining and fantastic butter sandwich debate, shower traveling, bathroom wiping, live on-air burping, and all the fun, all the other fun nutty banter. <laughs> Thank you so much for that comment. So that is a reference to on on the, the Thursday edition of this show recently, we talked about the fact that I learned that my husband feels that cashews are overrated, which is just sheer madness and lunacy because they deserve every accolade they get or accolade, all of them, both of them. I like cashews. I can't imagine thinking they're overrated. Uh, and then also more, more nut flack. People are like, how could you not mention macadamia nuts? I feel like I said this. Maybe I didn't. For me, macadamias and cashews are one and two. They're tied for one or tied for two. I just I like both of them. I don't like Brazil nuts. They're gigantic. I can't remember what they taste like, but I feel like they might have like a little bit of a bitter taste. And Gary didn't even know what a Brazil nut was until I said to look it up. Are, do you feel like you've had one now that you see it? No. They're just a big – if you're ever like these nuts are too small <laughs> – what you want is a Brazil nut, because you can guzzle that all night long. Drops galore. I know. Um, no, I, I don't believe I've ever encountered a Brazil nut. It's the, it's the oversized nut in your nut mix. You would think <laughs> that huge. given my size, I would right. be eating exclusively it's a sized Brazil, Brazil nuts. It's a Gary-sized nut. <laughs> so, how are your underwear? <laughs> Oh no! <laughs> I want to tell you guys about me undies. <laughs> but wait, wait, wait. That's a wonderful iTunes comment. Thank you for sending in your iTunes comment. If you would like to send us a nice iTunes comment, leave us a nice comment. Click five stars. It doesn't have to be about nuts. It can be about nuts. Really, whatever. And also, if this is the first time you're listening to this show, check out the Thursday edition of this show because we talk about all that stuff that was mentioned in the comment that you might be wondering what we're talking about. Now, on to more pressing matters. How old is your underwear? A recent survey showed that men kept their underwear for about nine years what were women's reactions to the study? Gross. Don't embarrass yourself when you drop your drawers. It's time you knew about MeUndies.com. MeUndies has the most comfortable underwear you've ever tried. They fit perfectly. They don't ride up. They literally pull moisture away from your skin so you're cool all day long. You'll feel great. You'll stay cool. You'll be comfortable. You don't have to go to the store and try them on. You can do it all online. They're made in a small warehouse in L.A. by people who don't take themselves too seriously. You're not giving your money to big underwear. And they make you look great. Go to MeUndies.com and check out the pics of men's underwear and sassy. <laughs> sassy. It's like sassy, but sassier. And sexy women's lace thongs. Men and women, high-quality materials for your high-quality materials. At under 20 bucks a piece, you can change your underwear more than once every seven years. 20 bucks. That's easily half of what other premium designers charge. Shipping is free in the U.S. and Canada. So go to MeUndies.com slash Allison before September 1st to get 20% off your first order. 20% off your first order when you go to MeUndies.com slash Allison. All right. Here's the episode with the aforementioned Lauren Savon. I think you'll like her. I know I do. I know you'll like her. All right. Here we go. I love you guys. Here's the episode. Allison Rosen. Allison Rosen is your new best friend. Allison. With perfect good times, never 
Hey, everyone. Hi. Hello. It is me, Allison Rosen, and I am sitting here with Lauren Savon, who's someone that I know from New York. It's someone that you know because she is a reporter for Fox 11, and she's a personality on KABC Radio, <laughs> and she used to pop up occasionally on The Soup, right? Yeah. When I, whenever I messed up, sure. Yeah. And you go on Red Eye often? Red Eye. Well, you and I both yes. have been on... Fox News Channel's Red Eye. Exactly. Um, and all sorts of stuff. So it's very exciting to have Lauren here. You can see now, it's like I'm talking to them, even though you're right here. I almost said that to you. It's very <laughs> excited to have you, exciting to have you here. It is exciting. Yeah. yeah. We're both excited. We're all excited. Um, because I knew Lauren in New York. Right. And we're both out here now. And we've been talking about getting together forever. Probably and it's three years, I'm going to say. It's finally happened. Yeah. It, I, I needed to know that it was going to be broadcast somewhere before I would agree to meet with you, I guess. I don't like to have conversations that aren't going to be used for something. Although, actually, I had this cringy memory this morning of um, the kind of memory where you're like, oh, did I really do that? There's so many memories I have like that. But I think like we were morning. emailing and talking about how we should get together. Right, right, right. And I sent back like, tell me if I did this. A series of potential ways we could get together, such as, I'm car shopping right now. Would you be interested? Yeah, I vaguely remember like, this Would you want to sit chain. in cars with me? Yeah. I can't believe I asked that, because why would you? Or and then something about dogs. I don't know. I know that there was like- There was a dog. Like or, yes. three not very good options. Well, I felt bad, and I was trying to look for the emails, because it was one of those things where you're like, I think, oh, I think I was the one that dropped the ball on this. Well, like, we would go yeah. back and forth a bunch of times. And I then, thought this morning, I'm like, oh, you didn't write back to any of those. Uh, no wonder. No, no, no. It wasn't a wonder. It was just one of those like, oh, uh, yeah, let me figure this out and I'll get back to her. And then you just lose it in the inbox. I, and you I totally do that forget. all the time. I know, it's terrible. See, sometimes I have this thought, which is I was so much more social in college. And back in back in the day... I would. There was hardly anything I did alone. It's like if you're going to go shopping for this, you bring a friend, or if you're going to go to this, you bring a friend, right. or whatever. And it's so hard to find time to hang out with people these days that I think that I was in this like you're like well, I'll maybe just work her into my errands. Yeah, <laughs> maybe she. Maybe exactly. she'll have some advice while I'm car shopping. Exactly. I haven't seen her in a couple of years. Who knows? <laughs> exactly. But I guess uh, that didn't sound good to you. That's no, cool. I know. I can't believe I, I can't believe I missed that opportunity. Now I'm really well. Too late. Too late. I for me. chose a car. Listen, the important thing <laughs> is we're both here now. <laughs> That's right. So I think the, I'm remembering the very first time I met you. I feel like you might have had curly hair. Oh yes, very probably. And it's because so Courtney Friel. Oh, who, right. People who already know who you and I are also know who she is. I'm sure. Um, she's a. A personality, an anchor. She's an anchor, anchor at KTLA right. News. And there's a wonderful viral video of her covering a her, fire. Oh, fire. And getting asked out on a date yes. while she's trying to interview people on the scene. Which I, it's brilliant. It's fantastic. I saw that and I thought, oh, I know her. Right. Yes. Yeah. Um, and her husband, Carter Evans, is also a reporter. Also on TV. Yes. And... I saw them the last time I saw them. That's another couple people that are out here that I'm like, I would love to see them. I don't see them, but I ran into them at Costco shortly oh, before fun. her second baby was, was born. Oh, well now it's a kid. Like right. she's a while ago. Talking and talking. Yes. But anyway, Carter in his downtime, he's a really good editor. 
Oh, he makes he videos made, yeah. for people I don't know like if he us. still does this, but he he put my reel together. So I he was on put my, a reel together for me too. Thank you, Carter he, Evans. Yes, thank you so listening. much. I get compliments on that reel all the time. <laughs> all the time. I really need to he update really it. Really good. Yeah, but yeah, yeah. He's really talented. Um, and so I was going over to their apartment. I think because I left a notebook there or something, and you were there. Do you I remember? I was getting my reel made. Probably, yeah. Yeah, well, I also remember, and I don't know that your listeners are going to find this as fascinating as we do all the times that we bear, inter- bear with us, you guys. It's about to get bear with us. My one of my favorite Alice Rosen moments is Courtney Friel had a cookie party one oh, holiday yeah. season. Do you remember this? I sure do because I won an award. That's right. <laughs> we all had to bring over our homemade cookies, <laughs> and I just made cookies like a nor- like I didn't know it was a thing. I come over and there is competition. People took afoot. it really seriously. Really it was like seriously. bring it on, but for cookies. Yeah. Well, look who won. Yeah, but I won like tackiest cookies or ugliest cookies or something like that. Look, they were something. They had character. They had something. They were. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. You, I'm sorry. Yours were so so. Mine were just so mediocre. Perfectly average. Yeah, forgettable was probably the word. I'm like sitting in the corner eating them alone with no award. I was. Um, the award was a pet egg. You know, to, <laughs> and I actually already had the one. Skin off yes. your feet. <laughs> exactly. Um, wow. No, that was uh, that was sort of that was a cookie disaster, is what happened. So I'm not, I'm not, I don't do a lot of stuff in the kitchen, uh, and nor do I. We're you know living in New York. You just don't yeah, you just don't. But I knew that there was this cookie. I I did. I should link that. I did like a whole blog post on it. I was writing writing more frequently on my blog back then. Uh, so I remember I was like, I'm going to nail this cookie party. I don't know if I knew there was a competition, but I was just like very excited about I'm going to really Unveiling reach into these. my like, you know, for yeah. the power of my ovaries, I'm going to become this like Betty Crocker type woman. You nailed and, it. But I didn't because I looked up all these different recipes. I'm like, I'm going to do this. I'm going to do this. Day of, it didn't work out. So I went and I bought, um, oh, I know there was a recipe for like, cookie mice and i hate mice yet these looked cute it was like you make a little ball out of cookie dough and then you make little ears and a tail out of a candy cane and licorice and m&ms or something like that but i wasn't gonna have time sounds like a lot of pre-production work for these things kind of but so what i did to cut corners which one should never do is i (laughs) bought um just a roll of cookie dough yeah yeah that's what i did so i was like i was gonna roll it up and then put the things in and they all just the minute they hit the heat, instead of retaining their little mouse body shape, they just went flat. Mm. So then I had to quickly jump ship. And instead, I just like made little faces on them out of M&Ms and stuff. My I friend see. Corinne had a hand in this as well. I can't take all the acclaim. And then we went to a party. She got at- a pet egg too? I gave her the pet egg. <laughs> we went to a party. Okay, this is this will be the last Fox personality <laughs> That will we? Look, that's, I'm not making be, any promises. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> we went to you went to the party at Rick's Rick Reichmuth, oh, yes. the weather guy's house. He and has I a remember famous Christmas party every year. Yes, and I accidentally dropped a meatball and it rolled into his foot. That I don't recall. I wish. I, I wish I did. Yeah, it was the absolute worst thing to drop a food item that rolls um, into um, the host's yeah, foot on imagine. a carpet or something like that. Oh, that sounds terrible. Yeah. Is that why I didn't see you the following year? I had to move. Did you not make the cut? I didn't. I don't think I did. Uh, I don't even know that I made the cut that year. I think it was just because I was... We were all, yeah, going over there together. Which create It's funny. Every single... I think every person at Courtney's Cookie Party was 
uh, went to the party, but also was on air in some capacity or a producer. Courtney loves people that are on TV. Like she loves to surround herself with people that are on TV. So every time you go over there, it's someone new that's on TV, <laughs> like that you kind of know, but not really. Like that's her and Carter. Like they've really. Do, they found, just have a, a real their friendship I don't niche. Know. Yeah, they just either attract people or I, whatever it is. There's always like a house full of TV people. It's interesting because my friend who came with me, not a TV person. Oh, how'd she get in? (laughs) I told her to come up with a backstory. I even let her in. Right? But I think that she felt very uncomfortable because of that. And and I was like, no, you don't understand. The thing about most TV people is that they feel like there's something wrong with them. Oh, yeah, no. And they're only focused on themselves. No one's wondering what show you're on. 100%. (laughs) We are the most insecure pack, hands down, I would say. So... You're from New York. New York originally. Long Island. Long Island. Originally, yeah. Okay. But I mean, I lived in the city for like 12 years or something before I moved here. Where did you go to college? I went to GW in Washington, D.C. It was great. I mean, it was great. I loved like living in a different city than New York. And it was really great um, to learn about politics from D.C. So mm-hmm. like when, I, you know, when you're covering news... It's good to know. Did you already know that you wanted to go in the news direction? I always knew I wanted to do news. I, d- I thought initially maybe I'd do print. Um, and then I ended up, you know, majoring in, like, broadcast journalism and then, like, political science, too. Something like that. And it, it was great to be in D.C. at that time. You could, like, go to Congress and see it. What drew you to news? Oh, that, I don't know. Um I, you know, it's just like my earliest thing that I ever wanted to do that I took really seriously. I think I was on the paper in high school, and that's when I was like, this is it. This is, <laughs> you found your a calling. noble profession. I'm going to change lives. I'm going to make a difference. But, you know, now I'm out here in L.A., and I'm, like, covering the p- doggy surf contest or whatever <laughs> nonsense they send me to. Uh, but I, I was always fascinated by news. I loved, you know, one of my greatest childhood memories is watching 60 Minutes with my dad every Sunday. Just loved it and um, loved news and loved watching all the people and the politics of news, like who's on the Today Show and who's getting which job and that that kind of stuff. So I think that's why I got into it. And what do your parents do? My mother is a speech speech pathologist. I say that with a laugh because she has like the worst Long Island accent I've ever heard. (laughs) But she is she teaches other people how to speak properly. Um, And actually, you your mom and my mom have something in common where if you're, they're talking to someone who's not speaking like the king's English, if oh. they have like a slight accent, my mom will do the same thing. Your mom, like, either talk very loudly to them as if they can't hear her, which is not the problem, <laughs> or she'll talk with their accent. Yeah, my mom or gets a neutral. Yes, my mom gets this neutral, over enunciated accent, which is like vaguely. Nordic. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know what it is, but it is. I can tell from the way she's speaking that the person on the other side of the phone probably has, has an accent. Yes, and I right. feel right. bad for them. But then I think, well, they probably can't really hear the difference. Hopefully, I know. I always <laughs> wonder. I like cringe, but I'm like, mom, how are you a speech pathologist? You can't even understand people like that don't speak. But she has like so such a heavy accent. And when I was trying, can you to get do into her news, accent? Like, what's it like? She's she'll, oh, what are you talking? About? I don't sound like that. You're exaggerating. You know, <laughs> it's very New York. And I was trying to learn how to speak standard American for news, and she would correct me, but not, you know, not herself, obviously. She'd be like, "It's coffee, not coffee." But I'm like, "But that's what you say. That's what you know." Like she, she that's so interesting herself. that she can hear the difference. But I've always thought. I've thought about that. I've thought about people who live in a new place for a long time who 
cling to their original dialect. And an example of that, so I lived in New York for years. Right. I say, instead of orange, I say orange. Right. Instead of horrible, I say horrible. And I, at a certain point, I was aware, well, I'm just, I'm just doing me. <laughs> you just, but you do you. I could, I could switch, but that feels inauthentic, but I don't know. You know, Do I people pick up that you had an accent from somewhere else? Um, where, in where, New York... I didn't hear it that often. However, in college, that was the first... And I went to college in Claremont, which is in California. That was the first time I ever heard that I have a California accent. Really? I thought the California... I didn't think there was a California... I don't think there is an... Yeah, I don't, I don't think really there is. one. I think it's a... Maybe like a valley girl kind of thing is oh, what yeah, they're saying. Oh, yeah, that's true. I it's pick the up on vowels. That. The way you say the vowels, too. I, not you, but the way I did. Or do, I guess. <laughs> now, <laughs> no, I'm, I now I'm so, I so do not aware. Yeah, I don't sense an accent from you. Well, thank you very much. But so in, you had to work to try to get rid of yours. Yes, I did. I mean, not, you know, not terribly hard. Like I went to school in D.C. and there was, you know, a mix of people. I, I'm one of those people that like if I have a layover at Heathrow, I'll pick up the accent for an hour. You know, I oh, just, really? Yeah, I have like an ear for it. So I will constant like if I go anywhere foreign, I will start speaking with an accent. Um, but yeah, living out here has really helped remove the New York accent. I can hear it sometimes, like when I hear myself play back like a word or two. Like what are the main words that you hear it most on? Um, Now I can't think of one. When I, oh, this is something. It's not an accent per se, but we say online if mm-hmm. i'm waiting online for something and out here it's in line. in line and people pick up on that all the time they're like online are you on a computer <laughs> and i'm like what what the funny thing is i can tell gary's nodding does he agree oh yeah i mean all my friends are from long island so oh. i know a lot of the differences how do you what do you, you know drink? the struggle what are you drinking right now water okay but i've you know i've learned to correct that water yeah. The other one that always – the other one that's kind of like the online versus inline thing that I always was – you'll never hear someone from back east talk about tennis shoes. Oh, no. No, no. Not yeah. the sneakers. Yeah, yeah. Sure. Yeah, I had, to, sneakers. I had to get rid of saying tennis shoes when I lived there because people think you're so specifically so, talking about exactly. shoes for playing tennis. Right. Right. And also – Maybe this is more Jersey, but I remember going to college and like this guy who lived down the hall would always be like, you guys want to get some pie? Let's get some pies, right? Let's get pie. I'm like, is he? Is, what is he like? Regular like pie? I, oh, I had no idea pizza? he meant pizza. Yeah, it took me a while to figure that. It one took out. me a while too. I felt like an idiot when pizza showed up. And I was like, <laughs> oh, I thought we were having dessert. Well, wait. <laughs> what do you call soda? Soda. Oh, I call it soda. Okay. Do you call it pop? No, no, I call it soda as oh, well. The coasts mid- have this one, right? Midwestern yeah. thing. Or pop. then, but there's some part of the country where they all refer to any soda is referred to as a Coke. You want a Coke? What kind? Right. I think. Well, there was a quiz on like, I don't know, HuffPo yes. or BuzzFeed. I where you could that. tell where you came from by what you call different things. And did it get you right? It got me right. I don't think it got me right. It got I me for- like tri-state area New York. I forget where it put me. That was a fun quiz. Yeah. Listeners, you should go find that quiz. I'll try to find it and link to it. Yeah, it's But fun. I probably won't. So you guys should find it. <laughs> We're going to forget about it. So your mom was now. a speech pathologist. What My did your dad mom was do? a speech pathologist. My dad um, ran a seasonal business um, in Ocean City, Maryland. So we'd spend half our year in Ocean City, Maryland. And my parents would actually pull us out of school to go down to Maryland because my dad would work from, like, October to April. And I think once we got into, like, middle school, they were like, you should probably finish the year out. <laughs> um, but, but so we'd go down there, and it was so great because he had this business on the boardwalk. It was on the beach. 
um, they worked really hard all summer long, but we had babysitters that would just take us to the beach every day. And we got to spend all summer on the beach in Maryland. And I like didn't realize it until later, like what a great childhood that was rather than like, I don't know, sweat it out <laughs> in your neighborhood or local Y or whatever, whatever kids did in the summer. Um, what was your, what was their seasonal business? Oh, it was like a, um, Originally, it was a five and dime store on the boardwalk on the beach, but then they kind of rebuilt it and expanded it. And, you know, five and dime, like nothing is five cents or 10 cents anywhere (laughs) ever. So it just became kind of beach chairs and towels and wind chimes were really big down there. I never understood the fascination. And a lot of like um, collectibles, like Hummel figurines, (laughs) yes, and Yadro or what I learned about all these figurines that women are like spending their life savings buying and collecting i'm sorry are you one of them no i'm not (laughs) i'm I'm not i'm racking my brain to think of the figurines i know i yadro i don't know as much as hummel but there's also like precious moments or whatever those little ones were called with the kids and my right shoe oh i don't know that that one one. there's like a whole collectible of these little porcelain shoes does christopher radko fit into that oh same probably in that collection of just super fragile shit (laughs) <laughs> yeah stuff that like your grandmother's not let you touch yeah, when you come over exactly yeah yeah so they they sold a bunch of schlock basically <laughs> the best was my mother worked there and she was from new york and she'd never been to maryland and the maryland like the chesapeake accent was like a little um i remember she was complaining like these guys came into the store and they were looking for towels and they're like you sell tiles here? And she's like, tiles? No, we don't sell tiles. It's that you need to go to a construction site. No, tiles, tiles. And he's like pointing in the window. There's tiles hanging. And that's when I realized, I'm like, how are you a speech pathologist? <laughs> it's that's a horrible so career choice. <laughs> and you have a younger sister or older sister? A younger sister. She's a teacher. Mm-hmm. What's yeah. the age difference? Um, th- Three and a half years. That's like my sister and me. Same. She's now, way more mature than me. Is your sister? Yes. yes. Well, I don't know if I would say way more mature, but she got married first. And, right. Uh, same. Same. At a certain, yeah, at a certain point, she eclipsed me. Right. I don't know how that happened, but she looks older than I do now. She so. does. My, my people think that she's the older one, which I delight in. Were you guys close growing up? But um, Yeah, we were really close. I mean, it was just the two of us. We were close. We fought a lot, like as kids. But growing up, like, we became really, really close, especially because we lost our father when I was younger. Um, and after that, we were like, oh, we only have each other. Mm-hmm. Like, we better work it out. <laughs> so, How old were you when, when your dad died? Um, I was fi- 15. So she was, like, 11-ish. That's young. Yeah. It was in high school. It was a rough time. Was he sick? He was. He had cancer. Um he had oddly melanoma. I say oddly because he was like never in the sun, but he had melanoma and it, you know, didn't catch it in time or whatever. Yeah. 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 I, that's weird. It's weird that you can get that one, even though you're not in the sun. It's bizarre to me that like you have a mole on your body that could kill you. Like if you think about it that way, like it's just some freckle that it starts acting weird and it's like the reason you're going to die. I mean, it's just crazy to me that your body can turn on you like that. Right. How um, how did losing him young affect you? Um, How did it affect me? I think um, – I don't know. I mean it's hard for me to say because everyone goes through stuff when they're young. Like whether it be your parents divorced or you lost someone or I, – I mean it made me really go for what I wanted and I think – because he put such an emphasis on education and he loved news so much and he had always wanted to go into television news and he was for briefly before he had to do another job. So I think that 
probably solidified any hopes I had of going into news I knew. So he did on-air stuff? He was a producer for um, PBS, I think, for a while. Actually, Sesame Street for a while. He oh, that's so on cool. That show. That's, yeah. Especially when you're a kid, that's yes. the coolest job the coolest that any, job parent, any can parent can have. Right, exactly. Um, then he had like some wacky, wacky like video like side business where he was like videotaping weddings, but it was like the first VHS recorder that they had. So it was this enormous thing. Huge machine. That he would take around and like videotape, yeah, weddings for, on the weekends and stuff, which I think is funny. That's very cool. So now how – okay, so you went You went to college. You, you ate pie. Yeah, occasionally. Probably too much pie, let's <laughs> face it. Um, that was what college was all about. And, and then, yeah, what did you do next? So while I was in college in D.C., there was this little, little startup cable channel called the Fox News Channel, which had just started, like, 97. And in D.C., they didn't even have an office building. They had, like um, – it was just like a live truck. That traveled around <laughs> because you know they would just be like remote shots and stuff. But like I was the news version of a food truck, basically. A yeah, news truck. Yeah, so you couldn't come to the studio for an interview. Like we come to you, we do it in your yard. You know, like, that was basically because it was really small and it was startup. And I, you know, I didn't even know what it was. Like there was CNN at the time, but there was no other you know cable news. Right. Like, so I would always explain to people like, it's like CNN, but it's Fox. And um, so I got a job there working on the Sunday Show, uh, which at the time. Um, Britt Hume had hosted and then Tony Snow and I was just like a runner like a gopher like I like work on the weekends and like deliver research packets and like collate stuff but um I I would have to get these packets to the guests that were going to be on the show and I didn't know Washington DC very well I didn't have a car I was in college so they just send me out and by the way before GPS like this is how <laughs> old I am they would like print out MapQuest instructions that you had to like read while you're driving to figure out where <laughs> you're going uh first day on the job crashed the van oh no yeah and I can't I know That's I'm amazing. Like 19 so I came back to the office hysterical crying like handing them the keys like thank you for the opportunity I'm so oh. sorry like I thought that was it I'm done but I they took pity on me and gave me another shot at it but like, eventually they put me in a desk crash? um it was bad because it was, like, 100% my fault. Like, a cab was, like, at a light, at a red light, stopped. And I was, like, pulling out or something and just, like, slammed right into him. <laughs> yeah, it was horrible. Um, but, you know, it, it worked out eventually. I mean, they, they let me st- stick around for a while. And what was your next job after that one? So I worked there through college, basically. And then when I was graduating, it was an election year. And I remember asking, the you know, basically the manager, editor, and in D.C., I was like, I really want to work an election. I really want to. So he's like, okay, well, we'll send you to work the conventions. So there was a convention here in Los Angeles in 2000, and I came out here for like three months to like set up and get ready and cover the convention. And while I was here, I got to meet all the people that work in New York. And by that point, point it had expanded, you know, like it was a something Fox News Channel was. So um, then I got hired in New York, basically. And I don't know if you remember her or if you – do you remember Judith Regan? Yes. She had a little show at like three in the morning on the Fox oh, News channel. I forgot she had a show, but I she was a publisher. Yeah. But she also she still got is. In, she's still a publisher. She wouldn't give the names of what was her big scandal? There are a couple. Um but she she was amazing because she, I'd never met anyone like her. I mean, she was just a caricature. She she's was, been on Millionaire Matchmaker, that I know. Oh yes, 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 yes. <laughs> exactly. She's been on Millionaire Matchmaker. She was like a very angry like 
like her assistants always looked like they had lived through a war. Like whenever they came in <laughs> to the office, and they, they looked like they had been run hard. But she would leave the most in- incredibly insane voicemail messages for people that worked on her show. And I was like 23, and I'm like producing her show. I'm, I know nothing, so I'll give her that. Like she had a right to be angry. But she would call me up and just tear into you and tell you how terrible your notes are how terrible you oh, are to work she, she can't even remember your name and it doesn't even matter i'm sure you won't be here like that kind of stuff she was amazing so i would save some of those voicemails and just like play them for fun did it bum you out or were you able to recognize that she's crazy if, i think i even is. at that like i knew i wasn't great you know so i'm like <laughs> I'm, I'm sure she has a right to be this angry but i'd never heard anything like that like you know, really, really angry. You were, what was your position on her show? Well, I was the idiot blonde girl to her. I don't think she actually ever learned my name. I was like, you know, they book guests and I'd highlight things in their book that she should talk about and I'd write out notes for her. Like like a researcher. Yeah, yeah. Like Mm -hmm. very, but she was amazing. Yeah. I mean, working for her was like such a trip. So after that year of, uh, I don't even know, hazing, I don't know what you call it. (laughs) Then I got moved on to uh, the morning show. So that's Fox and Friends. Yeah, that's where I ended up for like six years. I don't know if I knew that you were your producer on Fox yeah, and Friends. Yeah, because I did that show a couple times, but I don't think you I don't were... think we knew each other, so I may have not even noticed. Right. I didn't really know you until Red Eye. Right, but yeah, Fox and Friends would have been after Red Eye. So oh, were oh, you? So then you I weren't. Wasn't, no, no, by the time okay. I was on Red Eye, I had gone. I had left Fox and came back. So, mm-hmm. and when you left Fox, where'd you go? So I was producing there for six years and I was at the point where it's like I saw what was ahead. So I could either I was working up toward being like an overnight line producer for that show. <laughs> like that was the path, you know, and I'm like, I that's not the life I want like to be here all night. And like, so I really wanted to report all all my time in school. That's what I thought I was going to end up doing. But Fox just kept promoting me and I had it was a great job with great benefits and everything like that. So it was really hard to leave. You know what it's like living in New York City. I was like making really decent money for right. my age. But I started sending out tapes to go report and it took me a year to get my first job for less than 50 percent of what I was making at Fox. Yeah, that must have been. It was what, didn't you kind of want to be like just put me on air, you guys. Yeah, of course. But at that time, it didn't happen that way. And I met with Roger Ailes. I mean, he was kind enough to even meet with some, like, BS producer who was like, you need to go out there and get experience. You need to go to a small market. You need to screw up. You need to cut your teeth, you know? And he's like, when you have enough experience, I will hire you back. Was that you know? super depressing to hear that? Because for some reason, my it. heart just sank hearing that. The, that thing of, like... Uproot your whole life, yeah. go to some crappy tiny right. town where you know no one, and then work your way up, and then come back, and we'll consider giving you a job that you wish you were beyond already. Correct. Yeah, it was heartbreaking, and it took me a long time. Like I just, you know, to get around that. But at the time, they weren't just putting people on TV. Everyone did have experience. Everyone came from somewhere. And I, after I did it, I totally understood why you need to go do that. Mm-hmm. However, I will say nowadays, get yourself on a reality show. Like be a giant jackass on that show and you'll get noticed and, and then, then you'll get a job you, on good morning america you right. can like do red carpets and stuff it is kind of crazy how people think that a lot of news people are just talking heads not realizing that no especially well, a lot of them lo- are well yeah but, I, but right but a lot of the people especially in local news like they're creating their own packages. They're oh, yeah. blogging the tape, and it's they're edit. They're you know re- sitting in the edit bay, 100%. and like there's a lot. There's a lot of stuff they're doing that the average viewer is not aware that that they're doing. Like you think that this person is just reading something that someone else wrote. Like no, they probably wrote it. 
However, now, now what you're I saying there are a lot of people yeah. where they're just they're kind of just they just want to be on TV just and they space. just get jobs on TV if you can prove that you're good enough on TV. They don't really care whether you've had the experience, whether you know what you're. I mean, I shouldn't say that everyone like there's obviously places that do want you to have a lot of experience, but I've just noticed more recently that the jobs you think you have to have all this experience to get, they're just no, just go on the Bachelor. Exactly. And then you get one. Exactly. I or remember. Survivor. Look at a li- like Hasselbeck. Remember? She right. was on the Survivor before The View. Right. Now she hosts a morning show. <laughs> so there you go. And I remember in, because my background was print journalism, and there was a point at which celebrities were getting these monthly columns. Right. Like I remember when right. John Mayer got this column in Esquire, and there were a lot of writers who were super pissed about that because it's like, oh, now they're coming for our jobs. Right. <laughs> right. It was like when um, actresses started getting covers of magazines instead yeah. of models, and they're like, what about us? Right. Mm-hmm. Right. So celebrity is, is like the grease that gets you all those things. Okay. So you 100%. left. So you started, were you sending out your tape by yourself or did yeah. you have an agent at that point? No, no an agent to take like 20% <laughs> of nothing. No, no. I mean, you know, I would ask for advice wherever I could get it. Um, and my tape was, by the way, awful. I mean, I was, you know, it was my first tape and I thought everything in it was amazing. And when anyone would see it and be like, well, I think you should change that. I should take that out and be like, no, what? This is the best of the best that I have to offer. Like, there is no other stuff. I'm not actually working in TV. So, how did you have stuff to put on the tape? At that I point? would just go on shoots whenever I could. Whenever I could get out of the, you know, the studio, I would go on shoots with other reporters and just ask, beg, can I just tape a stand up? Can mm-hmm. I just, you know, whenever you could. So it took a really long time to get a tape together that way. Um, but Fox was really cool about it. Actually, they let me like do it. Um, That's nice. But yeah, so th- those early, early days. But then you go to these tiny markets and you're like, it's kind of a great experience. You're like struggling with all the people that are working. No one wants to stay there. We're all just trying to get experience and move on to something better. Where did you go? So you're like in it together. Um, Elmira, New York. I don't even know where that is. Exactly. Exactly. And it's- what was the show? <laughs> so far. Um, it was, uh, so I applied for a reporting job, but. Oddly, they had me read for an anchor job because their morning anchor was leaving, and I got that job. So it was like live two-hour show every morning, five to seven a.m. That's great. It was great. It was great. It was really because you get experience pretty fast there. But you know, it's really small town. Like the sheriff runs the local drive-through and that kind of thing, and you're covering like bake sales. And you're like, I just came from Fox News Channel. I just came from this <laughs> huge like national network, and I. It was an adjustment. Period. Did you move to Elmira? Oh. Yeah, what do you think? I commuted? No, it's really where, yeah. I, it's how, like up where past is it? Ithaca. Oh, so it's like yeah. freezing cold and really far yes, away. It's like in the snow belt. How long so, were you there? Eighteen months and seventeen days. I mean, not like I was. I mean, it sounds like the the plot <laughs> of a sitcom. <laughs> it should be. Did you have it like? Did be. you fall in love with someone while you were there? I, I wish. Yeah, no, I did not fall in love with anyone while I was there. Did I you just drink a lot? What did you do? Drank a lot, but not really because you don't have any money. So I would eat ramen noodles. Like you eat from a gas station every day, and you go to like dollar beer night. And the big activity up there was bowling. And I mean, I, I feel like Reese well. Witherspoon could play you in this movie. Oh my gosh! Well, you, you could play you too, but it just feels. I feel like I've seen this movie. Maybe I'll pitch it. To <laughs> <laughs> did you? make friends she said yeah i made friends that were still great friends now because everyone came from somewhere and we're all in you know the same situation so we all helped each other out we'd help shoot each other's stuff whenever we had to like one man band and stuff like that was it um i mean was it local news or was it a talk show no one it was local local news and by the way up there i guess there wasn't much going on 
everyone watched the local news. So you would go out to the Walmart or the gas station or wherever, and people knew exactly who you are and everything about you. It was like a little bit freaky, but as your first on-air job, like you felt like a it's big deal. Yeah. Did they have makeup and stuff? No, no, no. Oh, you did it yourself. One, yeah, all, everyone. Was it like, um, okay, listeners, bear with me. Was it like New York One? Worse than New York one, like less quality than New York. Really? One. Yeah. So like like high school production, pretty much. <laughs> I mean, every, for every just imagine this: it's everyone's first job, so it's like a college, almost like a college station. Like we're all in. Even the news director was like, "I've never done this before." So, <laughs> so we're all just kind of figuring it out as we go along, and that's where you make mistakes because mm-hmm. they won't fire you there. But if you're making mistakes in like Market One in New York, then that's probably where you're going to get in trouble. Right. Did you make like any way anywhere no. decent money at all? Oh, I don't no. even. I feel like, like something 19, like this would I pay like nineteen thousand dollars a year. So it was. Wow. It was. There was no extra cash to throw around town. When they when they said they were hiring you, and by the way, it pays nineteen thousand dollars a year. I was just so excited to ha- to get an on air job. I was like, I, who, who, I'll sell stuff. I don't care. Mm-hmm. This was a great. Um, the weather guy that I worked with briefly there had already put all of his money into this brand new car he had bought and when he got this job he didn't realize how much less he would be paying he was sleeping in his jaguar <laughs> in the parking lot of our station he was homeless like he didn't have enough money and we're like get rid of your dumb car <laughs> like what are you doing but he had to pick up other jobs like a lot of them we had to pick up other jobs he was <laughs> he was checking baggage in at the airport <laughs> so people would see him doing the weather in the morning and then he'd be like taking their they're like it's the wacky weather guy taking their bags yeah Okay, so, well, that's, how old were you when you did that? Uh, like 25. And then you came back to Fox after that? No, I had to make a couple stops before <laughs> you just get thrown back at Fox. Yeah, so then I came home to Long Island, which is my hometown, and um, I was on News 12 Long Island. I was which is, that's there. like New York one, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Or is that even? No, that's probably like closest to New York right. one. Right. Yeah. Um, so I was the anchor there for three years, and then I got hired back at Fox News Channel. The whole time um, where you trying to like did fox come to you or did you approach them and say i've been staying in touch the whole time like sent tapes and you know stayed kept all my contacts there because mm-hmm. i had known that i had hoped to come back one day and then they hired you back to do what were you doing at that oh, point God, they hired me to do they're like sorry this is the only thing we have open now but you know if you want it it was overnight anchor for yeah for like breaking news and news cut-ins and stuff and it's the loneliest job you will ever have I mean, I really lost my mind on that job. I was just mentally not prepared for how lonely it is. You're in this huge skyscraper, but you're like the only one there. And there is a producer somewhere, but they're in a control room that you never see. And it's a it's an enormous building. An enormous building. So you'd be there at night it's got all by yourself. Es- so I would ride the escalators backwards like just for to work out. <laughs> I'm sure those security cameras have it somewhere <laughs> of me paddling up there, but it was really lonely and really I mean, how much TV can you watch? You you have to be up all night in case something happens. You can't right. just like sleep. Um and then yeah, you get off work and it's we I hated that overnight feeling. You get off at seven in the morning, everyone's like fresh and clean and headed off to their jobs and, and you're going home. Yeah, you look like a drag queen. You have all your <laughs> Fox News channel makeup on, like wandering around. Yeah, it was rough. I couldn't How long did you do that? I really wanted to report for them. So they were letting me do it for report for um, Shepard's show, which was probably the best learning experience I could have had because he was, you know, so meticulous. So I was reporting, but that meant I would have to work a double shift, including the overnight shift. So it just got to a point where I was like, this is really what I want to do, but it doesn't look like I'm going to get off this overnight situation anytime soon. So I ended up like t- leaving after almost two years. Because I remember 
Suzanne Senna doing overnights. Yes. I remember Courtney Friel doing overnights. And I think I remember Patty Ann Brown doing yep, overnights. All of us. Mm-hmm. Were you guys all doing it at the same time? Well, or? yeah, kind of around the same time. I took Suzanne Senna's job. She had the same problem I did. She couldn't handle either. For those who like watch Onion or watched Onion News yes. Network, Suzanne Senna played Brooke Alvarez right. on Onion News Network, which I wish they would bring that back. Me too. And it was, it was such funny. a great get. I was so happy when she got that. Yeah, yeah. she was great on She it. had warned me, like, you'll go crazy. And she was like 100% right. You really do go crazy. And you're just, you can't, you don't have a life because you have to sleep during the day. And, right. and I was working like weekends too. So and then I when, never saw anyone. What? Who, did you write your copy for that? Like up to the minute or how yeah, did that work? A producer would write it and I would always tweak it because, you know, you want to sound like yourself. But if it was breaking news, no copy. Like you're just going on the fly. And it was always like you want breaking news because then you'll be on more. But you don't want the story to be too big because then they'll bring in like Shepard Smith to cover it. Like then they'll <laughs> right. kick you out. <laughs> so you wanted like a medium sized breaking news story that you could cover yourself without right. getting like, big footed. Yeah. <laughs> Um, so you left because that was driving you crazy. Yeah, I couldn't. I just realized I couldn't do it. And they were nice about it. I was just like, I have, you know, for my own health, like my, I had to get off that shift and they were like, we're so sorry. We wish that we had something for you, but you know, no one else wants to do that shift. Sorry. Um, so then I left <laughs> and I was doing uh, just freelancing for a little while. Um, when my agent at the time was like, you should come out to LA. Like, I think there's a lot of stuff out here for you. I think you should, you know, shop stuff around. And I came out to, for a few interviews, and I'm watching, like, Good Day LA while I'm staying here. And I was like, this show is wacky. Like, I can't believe this counts as a new show. They were insane <laughs> on that show. Was that Dorothy, Jillian, and yeah, Steve at yeah, that yeah. point? Jillian Barbera, Dorothy, Lucy, and Steve yeah, Edwards. Right. And I, I remember telling my agent, like, if they have an opening, I want it. Like, anything that opens up. So they had a reporter opening. Um, and he's like, well, you know, you're an anchor. You're probably going to make less money, whatever it was. But I, I came out, and it was awesome like for the first six months I just never had a job like that where you're covering news but they would always make it really fun and playful and you felt like part of the show you were a reporter for yeah I was Mm -hmm. reporting like out in the field for them but then you know they changed the show and those (laughs) Dorothy and Jillian are gone now so it's different are you still do you still do stuff for that show though yeah yeah but I'm not full-time anymore but I'm still, yeah, around. Now I do everything over there. Like, I used to just report. And now I'm, like, doing, filling in weather. They're like, can you do weather? I'm like, I don't know. <laughs> Let's see. And can you? I mean, I got Look, it's not terribly difficult in Southern California. I mean, it's the same weather every day. But don't you have part. to stand in front of the thing and there's, like, yes. a whole mirror thing? And I, yeah. Because I would be pointing in the wrong direction. Yeah. I, yeah. I have my hands in the air. Listeners aren't seeing what I'm doing. But I, my sense of it is that there actually is – like if you have a problem with left and right, you're going to be pointing the wrong way. I, yeah. And there's definitely a learning curve to that. But you get used to it after a while. I just didn't point much. <laughs> like I would just stand there and read whatever was on the screen without – you know, you could just call out numbers. You don't have to point to them because that will just get you in trouble initially. Have you noticed this thing that I've noticed, which is somehow television out in L.A. feels so different and I guess I'm mostly talking Absolutely. about news. Then television in New York. In Absolutely. New York, it feels so big and stately and, serious and important. And sobering. And out here, it's like everything feels like you're doing it in someone's guest house. Yes. Yes. It's no, surprising I think- to me because there's a huge market out here. Huge news market. And they have everything. I mean, you have the same crime. You have crazy weather. You have, um, you know, but then you have the whole entertainment industry. Uh, you have, pe- like, the craziest thing that happens out here is we'll go find like man on the street interviews like just to get like you know someone's reaction to something that happened and sometimes you 
man on the street, like you're at a Starbucks and it's a star. Like it's someone you recognize <laughs> that you're trying to get reaction from. Like that stuff kills me. But here also, like the Kardashians will be your lead story occasionally. You know, that does not happen in New York. They don't. No. Yeah. Celebrity is a much bigger deal out here. And the movie industry in general is a much bigger deal out here. Do you think it's more fun out here? Or what are your thoughts? About- oh, for a reporter, 100 percent. Yeah. 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 I would agree with that. Yeah, because here, you know, <laughs> I came out, I was a hard news reporter. I only, like, I was covering um, really hard news stuff. Like, I've been to Israel. I've been to Mexico to cover border stuff. I, you know, I had gotten a degree in Homeland Security while I was working at Fox. Like, I felt like I had earned my stripes and I was, like, had enough credibility. And then you come out here and they're like, we're going to have you do a trampoline workout. And <laughs> then we're going to send you off. You know, it was just... You can do a trampoline workout and cover a homicide, like, all in the same day. Like, there's no <laughs> pigeonholing of who does what. Everyone right. covers everything. Yeah. Right. Um, so what's your dream? Um, well, I may, I hear to be on this podcast, and so here we are. <laughs> I, I got to keep dreaming. I know you're going to. Um, it must be tough to, like, achieve it all. It's such a, like, right now. <laughs> so young. Yeah, yeah so young. I know. I know. I know you think I'm so, like, young and nubile looking, but no. Um, the, I actually... I don't know. My dream was to be on a morning show, like a really great morning show that was fun, but it also newsy and also informative. And, you know, for whatever reason, like, I don't know that that would necessarily work for me at this point, but I'm just trying to, like, figure it out. How how was your... Has What's your, your dream? Do you know? Yes. My okay. dream is to... I th- my current dream is to have my own talk show on TV where I'm interviewing people. Because I think <clears throat> I feel like I should be more uncomfortable talking about myself as opposed to like, let me tell you a lot about me and a lot about my strengths. Um, no, I think I'm a very good interviewer and I'm able to, to get stuff out of people that no one else gets. I would agree. Uh, people just feel very comfortable around me opening up to me. Therefore, I would love to have it like I would love to have Piers Morgan's show. Unfortunately, yeah. that show went away. Yeah. But that's what I that's what I really want to do. I really want to do something where I'm interviewing celebrities and newsmakers and like all sorts of people who are are in the news, both people that are, you're familiar with and people that you're not familiar with. And it that wasn't always my dream. My dream was always to have my own talk show, but I wasn't so clear on like who I am exactly but it recently I became very clear on this whole like oh what I am is I'm an interviewer Mm. and in fact I had this moment where the epiphany of oh I'm an interviewer that's what I was put on this earth to do like I've been a journal you know I was a professional journalist at 18 I've been interviewing people my whole life in different sorts of ways but interviewing whether it's print or this or whatever like that's what I've been doing and I remember I marked down the date in my head because I was like with all the friggin self-help books I've read I feel like this is when it happens. You, like, your aha moment, I'm, as yeah, Oprah would say. Exactly. Yes. Like, I'm putting it out to the universe. So the universe is supposed to, like, just give me what I want. And right. Like, I marked it down a few months ago. It's not happened yet. <laughs> I feel like, because I really was, like, waiting for, like, my socks to be, you know, blown off. Yeah. With, or knocked off with, like, wow. Like, like a knock tom- on the door Yeah, in tomorrow it's going to happen. It's so not been the way it's happened. But, you know, thankfully I, I got real clear on that. But anyway. So let me ask you this. Yes. And perhaps we're changing roles here for a moment. But. What happens when you get someone in here, maybe you don't know them as well, and they're just a dead interview? Like, it's really tough to get anything good out of them, or, you, like, you realize a few minutes in, like, uh-uh. Like, does that ever happen, and how do you 
mitigate that type of situation. I'm trying you to want think. me to answer? Yes, because Gary's seen it Gary, all. G- Gary's <clears throat> probably more comfortable throwing people under the bus who are bad. I don't know. To be honest with you, that's happened, but it's never as bad as it would be with pretty much anyone else on the other side of the mic. Aww. Because she can she can turn an uninteresting or a shut down person. She she she's she's right. She is a good interviewer and she's able to somehow bring something out of that person. Even if it's not going to be a 10, she will bring the best that they're willing to give out. Wow. Thank you. That is yeah. You're welcome. Quite an accolade. Great. Well, there you go. I think I'm trying to th- I I'm having trouble thinking of anyone where that's happened. I mean, I've definitely cuz I interview I mean I feel like I've probably in my life interviewed thousands of people just cuz I was a print journalist for sure. so long. And I think it did used to throw me when the person would shut down, but it doesn't as much anymore. But do you you must have that happen to you? Oh yeah, but our interviews you know aren't long form, form at all. We're just grabbing sound bites from people. So we know what we need them to say. Like we know when we hear the sound bite it as soon as it comes out of their mouth, we know what we hear in our head. Sometimes I'll ask them the same question just to get them to repeat it mm. because we need to edit it and cut right. it down into what we want. I never tell anyone what to say, of course. I don't want that to be mistaken. I just – you know what you're looking for. Like you know the type of soundbite you're looking for. So there's a few tricks of the trade that we use. I don't know if you do it here. But when you're out on the street and you know people are – very nervous when a television camera's in their face if they're not used to like being on tv all of a sudden they'll talk to you and they'll tell you this great story and they have this great reaction or whatever camera comes over okay here we go and they clam up and they're all paranoid and nervous and they're like wait what are you gonna ask me you know that kind of thing but um i learned like really early on you know and you probably know this if you just ask them a question and you say nothing and it's wait until that uncomfortable silence envelops both of you they will always feel like they need to fill it so you that's probably the best way to get answers out of people that don't really want to talk or just want to give yes or no yeah that's something that i i have to fight my own instinct to fill that up because i never want someone to be uncomfortable but there's times when i would listen back not on the podcast but listen back to because on the podcast, it's really more about just getting to know the person and letting them talk about whatever. It's, and it's not a conversation. You're not editing it. You're not looking for right. Yeah. Whereas when I was a print journalist, it was much more about okay, I'm talking to them for X amount of time, and I know that there's like these things that I need to get out of them. Um, and there's different schools of thought about whether you ask those questions that could make them hang up or make them storm right. out at the beginning or the end. I always did it at the end. That's what I had learned because then at least you if warm if them that, up and well and would that yes that mainly but also if that ends the interview you still got other stuff right. I heard one person say though no ask those at the beginning because if they end the interview like then you've got a great story and I feel like no that's not really the best story that's no. a shitty story actually yeah. I oh, I don't know about that. I mean, I'm always so nervous that we're not going to have the t- you know like they're going to leave. So I always ask whatever I need like right up. Well, I think with front. with news it's, stuff, it's, it's different. different. Yeah, or, right. Deadline. It's a different. Yeah. It's a totally different schedule. Whereas when you have a little more time, I'm just but... always surprised. Like when people you roll up somewhere and you're getting reaction on like something horrible or something great. Either way. And people want to talk to you and you'll be like, do you want to put on a shirt? <laughs> and they'll be like, no, I'm good. <laughs> and like there they are topless on the news and i always think like you know how this is gonna look don't you want to just throw a shirt on like it can't hurt why do you think they don't i don't know but people are just like no i'm fine like they look at you like you're crazy <laughs> for, for telling them <laughs> they're embarrassing themselves. It, it is weird 
Well, so so now that like I know what it is I want, I have this feeling of, oh no, I actually think that the path that I'm trying to go on is much newsy because I leave it well for you it's probably I wonder if it's similar for me leaving New York was saying okay I'm getting out of the news thing a little more and going much more in the like entertainment, entertainment. comedy all that because that's what's in LA right right so then when I realized oh but I feel like Piers Morgan's CNN show is what I want I'm like shit well <laughs> maybe I should have he's well, enter- I mean he true. got a tabloid start you know he was entertainment all the way he's a very good interviewer but he's also like I think one of you know just you can listen to him talk all day. He's like very charming that way. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I think that you bring something to the table out here that might be different than what everyone else does because this is such an entertainment town. Yeah, and I, I, Thank you. I don't know if you found the same. Like you'll go to a party and someone, people are very proud to announce to you. I never read the news. I never watch the news. Like oh, I never. And I always wonder why are you bragging about, about- not knowing what's going on in the world. Yes. I never understood that out here. But that's why occasionally, and this is terrifying, I will be the smartest person in the room. <laughs> I can find Libya on a map. That kind of thing blows my mind sometimes out here. But then it makes you feel like really smart right? when you shouldn't. You shouldn't. Um, how has your adjustment to L.A. been? It was a process. I don't know about you. I mean, I lo- everyone told me this is how it goes. You move out here, you love it, then you hate it, then you'll love it again. And that's exactly what happened. I moved out. I was so excited to be out here. I couldn't believe the weather. It's great, great, great. Then like certain things just, you you know, you get a little homesick. Things start getting on your nerves. Traffic is insane. People are dumb. You know, that kind of stuff would get me down where I was like, oh, maybe this is enough of this town and maybe I belong back in New York. But then eventually like you get over it. Like you figure out like what you don't like about LA and you just, I don't know, suffer. <laughs> no, you. It's life is great out here. I think everyone would agree. Yeah, I mean, I find it it's easier. Well, I'm from here originally. So for me, it wasn't. So how did you like New York? I would think that's more of a New York was a much bigger adjustment than I expected. I don't know what I thought. Somehow I thought I'll just go there. I'll just be my, you know, dynamic self. Even though I have zero jobs. And uh, (laughs) (laughs) although I've done some, I have some connections to, you know, because I've done some freelancing and I'll just go there and everything will be perfect. Right. And it was really lonely is what it was. I mean, it was like, oh, I am. I neglected to think about the fact that I have no friends and you can't – it's not instant it's not to inst- make friends. No, and no, I no. feel so like so, I felt so, – I remember being like, want to do something Friday to like, what's up? Wanna, you know, like trying to make plans and feeling mm. – you know, and everyone was busy. Of course. Because it was very last minute. And but feeling like, like a leper. Yeah, I can – yeah. Just – I mean, I just – that was just one night that I happened to remember that feeling. But well, I it, remember when you asked me for plans and I was like, <laughs> ugh. Get your own friends. And I'm sorry about that. In retrospect, that yeah. was not nice. <laughs> it was. Uh, it didn't feel good, but it, you were one of many, so it's okay. <laughs> no, but I thought it took me a couple years. Here, I realized how if someone was like, hey, my friend's moving to New York. Can you take them out and show them around? I'd be like, no, I don't even have time to see my own friends. Like, what are you kidding me? I know. But I move out here and I just did this. Like, I cold call people. I'm like, hey, you're friends with someone I know in New York. Let's go out. Let's meet. And they did. And we became great friends. And I was thinking like. God, that was this would never go down in New York. So well, I was so grateful. I was asking you, and you said it's a funny story, how you met Jenny Johnson yeah. of Twitter fame. Yes. Who I think is going to be a guest on this show soon because oh, she and I tweeted today. You're in luck. She's great. Um, so I was a huge fan of Jenny Johnson on Twitter, as most people are. I mean, she's really funny. She got into it with Chris Brown on Twitter. Oh, yeah. That's yeah, that's, that's one of her claims to right. fame, which you know, I'm sure she's not happy about, but <laughs> it happened. So she was on Twitter. I was a huge fan. Andy Levy from Fox's Red Eye, Red Eye 
came out to California, was like, let's hang out. He calls me and he says, do you want to, or he texted me probably, do you want to go to this tweet up tonight? Oh, God. And I said, Andy, honestly, like, this is why you're single. Oh, my God. A tweet up. Are you serious right now? I don't even know what it was. He's like, you know, people that don't know each other on Twitter, like, they meet up in person. If they, you know, they're friends on Twitter, but they don't, they've never actually met. The name makes it a thousand times worse. Thank you. So I was like, uh, no, have fun. (laughs) Have fun not getting laid at your tweet up. And... Then he was like, you may change your mind when you hear who's going to be there. Oh, and, and then he, he dropped the name of some Twitter celebrity. Jenny Johnson's name, which he knew. I was already like, you know, women crush on her. Then the the list was like just the most incredibly amazing names. Like everyone that I loved and followed on Twitter apparently was going to this tweet up. So Ooh, I that said, makes me want to guess. Rob Delaney? Um, Rob Delaney was on that list. She wasn't at Nacho the actual Sarah. tweet up. That's she was name, there. Right? Nacho Sarah was there. Um, oh, Boobs Radley. Boobs Radley. <laughs> Danny Zucker, oh, Modern yeah. Family producer. Oh, um, I've, I've, yeah, I've wondered how you know him. Andy Richter oh, and wow. his wife, Sarah Tyre, both there. Just... A bunch of comedians. Just everyone great. I mean, I and wasn't there, but... Except you. No. <laughs> yeah, you're right. You weren't. That you were out design. here. Yeah, you should have yeah. been there. Whatever. We walk in and it's like a dream. It's all of your favorite people sitting at one table drinking beers together. I mean, just and they had it. never met. I guess a lot of them hadn't or had, but depending on where they lived or where they were coming from. But I guess Andy Levy's arrival in California like <laughs> brought them all together. I don't know if if well, this was planned before he was in town. A lot of time on Twitter, he, uh, incessantly. Like when you're sitting in front of him, he's on Twitter. Yeah. He can't carry on regular life anymore. <laughs> But I'm I'm always grateful to him for bringing me along that night, and I got to meet them. And the second I walked in, I got so insecure and like, oh my god, how did I even get in here? I don't belong here. These people have like, you know, hundreds of thousands of followers, and they're gonna be like, who's this? But they were everyone was really cool, really nice. Everyone like immediately followed me. And Danny Zucker from Modern Family will tell you the story. He's like, yeah, I mean, I followed you because I'm like, oh, maybe she'll post some bikini pics. Like, that's the best we can hope for. And then I'll just unfollow her eventually. But he was like, no, you were good. You were funny. I, I stuck with you. That's nice. <laughs> with we talk no on bikini this, pics. We talk on this show about... Uh, how awful it is when a celebrity starts following you and then, and then yes mm-hmm. you're like oh I couldn't even keep you know John Stamos around exactly I heard Colonna. you and Sarah Colonna yeah. talking about that and I do yeah because you you'll spend way too much time trying to figure out what it was <laughs> which one was it <laughs> which one was it that you unfollowed me on exactly. yeah it drives you crazy I know and then it's like a really big deal when someone follows you I'm I don't know how to work the mute thing yet. Like, oh. I really don't know how that works. I enjoy so, it quite a bit. Yeah, because I feel like that would make my life better. My feed better anyway. It's my Yeah, I, it's my new thing I've started doing. If someone says something, the first super fucking annoying thing I get, I just mute them. And it removes having to block them. Because in right. the past, I would then block people, them. When people call you out on that, I'm like, oh, come on. Like That wasn't the problem. The problem for me was, oh, I just lost a follower. Oh, right, right, right. <laughs> Whereas I see. now... It's the best. You don't see that. You don't see it, but they have no idea. Right. Because I also don't like. Because everyone's like, you know, don't don't get into it with trolls. Just block them. But then they know that they got to you. But oh, now exactly. they have no I idea. I don't block anyone on there because I don't want to give them. Oh, I shouldn't put my gum in this release form, should I? Here, I'll give you. A I don't want paper. them to know <laughs> that I like like I noticed what they said and it bothered me. You know, do like, you get a lot of troll stuff? I don't know what you mean by or troll stuff. I get a lot Twitter of Twitter comments oh. that are just relentlessly writing really filthy filthy i mean some of them really should be writers on some kind of porn site i'm like, really sorry 
<laughs> That's my bad. I'm looking at you, Gary. Like, what I have what do you think you get suspicion. it from? I have no idea. I mean, I work in news. It's not even like I do something really risque, like I'm a, a lot, bikini though. model or something. I guess so. I think, so. I think when people watch you every day, like when you're in their house on TV every single day, they get a weird comfortability around you that I don't think they do for other like people that are well known. Right. I don't know. So I wanted to ask. Um, so wait, politically, are you? Where are you on the spectrum politically? Um, I mean, I think I'm an independent registered as an independent, but um, politically, I would probably say I'm a libertarian if I had to pick a camp, which I don't think I fall into one specifically because I do, you know, I'm, I don't know. I I, I hate to like say one thing, but I, I think I relate to libertarians more than more than Democrats or Republicans, which I almost feel like are the same party these days. Because <laughs> um, I was wondering, how was that for you and how has that been being so – being affiliated with and Fox. associated with Fox? Yeah. yeah because I well, – see, I, so I'm, I'm liberal, but because I fear, appeared on Fox for so long, sure. people are surprised to find that out. And then it's like it's this thing that kind of follows me. Right. Yeah. No, Fox will follow – I mean it's, it's funny to me because – I was on Fox News Channel, but I strictly reported the news. I mean, I was doing breaking news. I was a reporter. I wasn't, you know, getting my talking points from Sean Hannity. I mean, <laughs> I was never told what to say or how to report a story. Um, I don't think they ever told reporters how to report a story. I mean, maybe the anchors was a different story. And, you know, some of them are entertainers and some of them are news. But leaving Fox News Channel, it's like you do have this thing where people, first of all, people assume I'm uber conservative. Yes. And they'll post like crazy stuff on my Facebook page, like, pictures of fetuses and stuff and like stop abortion and i'm like you don't even know what i think about anything like so wait they posted on your pages if you will agree with it yeah yeah thinking like yes. i'm gonna support their cause for whatever you know right yeah and for guns for fetuses <laughs> yes <laughs> guns for fetuses <laughs> um but i i don't think that you know i think that um i i'm conservative on some issues and i'm liberal on others and i, I hate to be that wishy-washy and diplomatic. That's okay. I was just curious if that is a thing for you. At the most, I just don't think government should be making any kind of decisions about gay marriage, about like how we live our lives, that, that kind of thing. Right. Um, That, I think that's my biggest issue. And I don't think, you know, we should be paying for a lot of things that we pay for. Yeah. Essentially sums it up. I should, I'm not going to run on that. I'll like workshop (laughs) it a little better, but (laughs) that's good. It's tight. It's odd. Um, oh, so going back to what we were saying before. So you and Jenny Johnson, are you guys like good real life friends? Yeah, now? yeah. No, she's like one of my best friends now. So we met and, you know, we would write back and forth on Twitter. She would like like something and I'd be all excited about it. And then we started hanging out and we're just, you know, we have a lot in common. Even though she's like from Texas, I'm from New York. But we're the same age. We have a lot in common. We both lost our fathers. Um, she's, you know, wildly funny. I'm funny. And people always ask me, what is it like to hang out with Jenny? Like what's she like? Because she's like famous on Twitter, basically. And I'm, it's exactly what you think it would be like. It's like always a really drunken good time, <laughs> like a lot of laughs, a lot of, you know, figuring out what happened <laughs> last night, that kind of stuff. So I, I said what I think my dream in this town would be. And you said that at one point it was a morning show and you're not sure anymore. Well, Do just because you- there's like a limited number of mor- – if you're running a morning show and you're listening to this, then, <laughs> then right. yes, that's my dream. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean just because – you know, news is changing and local news is changing and I don't know that I would find exactly what I want, but 
what were you? I don't know. If I was just gonna say like, but I mean, if you could design your dream yeah. gig or whatever, what do you? Th- is it? Is it? Is it hosting? Here's it- what I love about morning shows. Um, I love getting to wake up with people in the morning. Like I love being a part of their morning routine, and I just I love mornings in general. I know this sounds so like corny, but. Good morning is like my favorite phrase. I love mornings <laughs> because there's so much hope. You wake up and it's like, okay, today is going to be better. You know, like it's a new day. And I love getting ready with people or just sharing their day in that really comfortable way, which of course sometimes <laughs> brings out the perverts. But <laughs> typically it's great. And there's always, it's a live show in the morning. So there's always something going on that you're covering. It's never like a taped, this happened at five o'clock and here's our you know story on it now. I love the liveness of it, but I think, and I've been thinking about this a lot recently because I read all these, probably the same dumb self-help <laughs> books that you have. I think I love it because you have to be present for the entire length of the show, especially if you're hosting it. You know, you have to be present. You have to be paying attention to exactly what's happening in that moment and react to what's happening in that moment. And I think that's why I love it so mm-hmm. much. Yeah. yeah, I realized I, my, the first television I ever did was live and Unlike a lot of people who I think aren't get nervous in that and prefer tape, I really preferred that oh, format. I don't know what I do it not is. Like tape. Because yeah. once you have to do it over, it's never going to be as good as the first time out of the gate for me right. anyway. Yeah. But I think that there's something also about people who are able to flourish in a live setting. It's sort of a unique skill. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. It's a unique skill for for across the board, like producers too. And I didn't know this, but like when the Biggest Loser. You know, it's a tape, tape, tape. And then when they do their live finale, they bring in a new producer that has live experience to do that finale. Yeah. So it's a definite skill that a lot of people don't have. And I think you and I actually are, you know, you have to be able to just react. And and also that weird, the weird thing that happens to time, the way you process time when you're doing a live thing. I remember I was doing um, a, uh, I had done at. NBC four, I had done a package and I was doing it in like the Friday night news or something, which is something I didn't normally do, but they decided to put it there. And I sat down in the seat and I, so usually they would mic me up like in the green room or something like that. But it was a, a, a little clip on microphone that was attached to the chair and I was like pulling on it and I was having trouble with it. And I was like, how long do we have? And the anchor sitting next to me is like, oh, don't worry. We have 30 seconds or something. I'm like, oh, f- oh phew. <laughs> but it was yeah. really sad. Like, 30 seconds is a, an eternity. Yeah, I'm like, oh, I still have 30 seconds. Let's go. Right. Yeah, I can get into a whole new story now. Yeah. Yeah. It was just funny. That's because true. in any other setting, it'd be like, oh, shit. Right. <laughs> but no, it 30 was seconds a ton funny. of time. Yeah, yeah. That's true. That's funny. I never think about and that. And it turned out there was like something. I don't know. But they you, had to move something and it was fine. Um, You, you know, the reason I like, knew you knew of you before I actually met you was you were wickedly funny. I mean, I would watch you on Red Eye and you would have such great comebacks. And that show, you really can't prepare for it. I mean, you know what topics you're going to talk about, but you don't know what they're going to ask you and you don't know what they're going to toss your way. And the people that are best on that show are people that don't have like their canned responses where they're trying to like shoehorn a joke in there. It's when it just happens organically. And you were really good at that. And that's when I really noticed. I'm like, who's this? Oh, thank you. Thank you so much. And I just remembered... One of your colleagues from News 12, Brad. Yeah. That he He was was like your biggest (laughs) fan. And he was like, you have to see her tape. I'm like, oh, yeah, I want to see this girl. You had such a kick-ass tape. 
Oh, the, well, it, it was, was the Carter Evans tape. Killer line <laughs> after killer line. Yeah, that tape nailed it. And he was trying to. I don't forget which show he was working on. He wanted you to be on some. Did other he show. do Fox and Friends? Because it may have it been may that. have been Fox and Friends. Yeah. It, yeah, there was some show that he had contacted me about appearing yeah, on, and yeah. then yeah, I remember that's you know you through there. Um, so let's talk about the really important stuff. Your hair. Oh. Do you get it straight? <laughs> or do you just straighten it? What's going on? Because well, I know you have naturally curly hair, yeah. but it's so perfectly straight so right now. So do you. Now. We well, probably you. do the same expensive routine. I get my Japanese straightened. Oh, really? Mm-hmm. That's like old school. I know. I How am come? old school. Um, I tried the Brazilian straightening, and I just found that the I like the effects of the Japanese better. Huh. Although it's been almost a year since I've had it done, so I have crazy roots that I have to straighten all the time now with the straightening iron. It's real pain. Yeah. I just found that the Brazilian didn't get it as straight, even though I can recognize that in photos it looked better. Well, there's two different schools on this straightening. So some girls, when the Japanese was in its prime of the straightening, I'm really educating your listeners. Yuko, yeah. So your listeners should know that they're ever (laughs) They need to know, yeah. There was this look that became very, very popular, and I used to call it like the chopstick look because girls would straighten their hair to such an extent they look like chopsticks on their I, head. Yeah, I, I it fear had no that bend at all. Sometimes I fear that I go in that direction. Like, it gets too flat. No, no. But your hair is so thick and so shiny and dark. And oh, well, thank you. Um, now we're just blowing smoke. But mm. <laughs> but no, I your hair is beautiful. I had no idea you straightened it. I have like horribly Jewish hair. Which I do straighten with Brazilian. But Gary is falling asleep right now. He uses fancy I, gel. He's super into this. <laughs> I did get a Brazilian, but I haven't done it in like a year either. Because out in LA, I realize I don't need it as much anymore. And New York is disgusting when it comes to curly hair. I mean, you look like a disaster when you walk out of the house if it's not chemically like relaxed. But That's, here, it's not as bad. So, so I kind of just roll with it. Interesting you say that. I was just making the point that I feel like my hair looked better in New York. Really? I feel like it's more humid out here. No, it's so dry out here. I'm, I sound like my mom. I'm like, oh, what are you talking about? It's dry. Your hair looks gorgeous. All right. Let's do Just Me or Everyone. Okay. Sometimes I ponder on something I have thought or done. Is it just me or everyone? All right. Jen says, even though I may know the ending of a book or movie, I still get nervous or hope for a different ending. Yes, I do that, too. Sometimes if I've already seen a movie, I still for a second think, oh, maybe this thing won't happen, even though I totally know it's going to happen because I've already seen it. Do you ever have that? No. Okay. Okay. Gary? <laughs> if I've seen it, no. Um, I'm sure I'll have that phenomenon with Godzilla because it pissed me off when they killed Cranston. Oh. Is that a spoiler? Spoiler alert shit. Wow. <laughs> Oh there bad. goes my weekend. Should we cut Thanks, that out? Gary. How much of a spoiler is that? <laughs> Not that much. Okay. Are, is anyone here watching The Leftovers besides Kaylin? Not yet. Are Just me or that? everyone. When someone okay. ruins a movie for you by like throwing out that kind of information. That doesn't... <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, Gary. Well, how much of a spoiler is it? I don't know. I haven't seen it. I mean... I don't. I don't want to say anything else now. <laughs> okay. All right. Adam. Adam has said that on his podcast, so I don't think. Oh. Oh. Okay. Well, he so he it. spoiled it. Yeah. All right. So we're just like we're in his spoil wake. Let's blame yeah. him. Yeah. Let's. I'm fine with blaming him. Gypsy Bagelhand says, <laughs> <laughs> "My nicest reusable shopping bags all came from someone leaving them at my house on accident. I make no effort to return them. Totally." 
I don't have that. What? I People s- don't leave that stuff at your house all mm-hmm. the time? Like if they bring you something and they bring it in one of those reusable fancy supermarket bags, like are they going to take it with them empty? No. So it's yours. Like I don't umbrellas. think I've ever had that. Yes. No, in New York, when you go to a party oh, and you always... are completely disposable. Yeah, you steal a nicer one on your way out, of course. That's what happened to my umbrella. <laughs> and I didn't know that that was the way. I didn't know it was like a penny jar. Definitely me. <laughs> Chrissy says, just me or everyone, don't understand how people can hold their number two. When I got to go, I got to go. Okay. Yes. There's a lot of people who can only go number two in their own bathroom. College completely broke me of that. Now, I'm not a when I got to go, I got to go. Wait, what's number one? I forget which is which. Number two, two is the big, big deal production. Yeah, that's okay. a, it's a whole okay. bowel movement. Got it. Number one is just pee. Oh, okay. We don't need to use the numbers here. Um, I'm not a when I got to go, I got to go. If I can avoid it, I would obviously like rather be in a comfortable bathroom that's not a public sure. bathroom. And if it's one of those where there's a long line and... Did you okay in New York? Did you ever go to the Mermaid Parade? No, on Coney that? Island. No, it was a whole thing on Coney Island, and all it's the kind of thing where like you do not have the luxury of going to the bathroom where you want to go. If you need to go and right. you you wait you wait in line for two hours to use some tiny stall at a bar, it's going to take you six hours to get home. It's total like it, yeah. You should basically empty your emptier do gut. an enema before you right, go right. days before <laughs> it's not worth it otherwise well you know as a field reporter you, oh yeah uh, bathrooms are huge like i i really always said like i'm gonna write a book one day shitting pretty field <laughs> reporter's guide to public restrooms because i when you have to go it's you eat, drink a lot of coffee in the morning it's happening like it's gonna happen you need to figure it out and i'll never forget i was in a starbucks waiting online got in did my business, but it was a particularly tough morning. I mean, there, a struggle went on in there. I'll gotcha. just leave it at that. And I, I destroyed a <laughs> Starbucks bathroom, basically. And I walk out, and the woman who was in line behind me says, Lauren Savant? Oh, no. I watch you every morning. And my heart just sank, and the blood drains from my face. And I, I want you to know that someone did something awful in that bathroom. It was disgusting <laughs> when I walked in. We need to call management. And she was like, oh, really? I didn't know. I, f- I panicked and I lied to my fan. Because, That's awful. Well, I'm sure she doesn't believe me. I'm sure she tells people, you know, anytime. <laughs> By the way, She's with, probably excited. With title- I met Lauren Savant and she needs to see a doctor. <laughs> with a title help. like that for your book, I think you're kind of required to write that story. <laughs> I have, yeah, I have some good ones. You know where it's, it's impossible to find a bathroom? And not to get too much on a tangent here. Oh, please, we talk about bathroom stuff all the time and I love it. If you're in South L.A., and you need to go. There, you can't just go to a restaurant there. You you know, right? Like you go to the pizza place or the Popeyes, and they're already like behind bulletproof glass. So they're not. The bathroom is not even an option. Like they don't have a bathroom. I don't know how they get away with it, but it's it's not a public restroom. So it's always a problem to figure out where we can actually go because things aren't open early in the morning, like a bank or anything. Um, laundry mats, though, oh. you have to just pay that quarter, and usually they have a bathroom in there that you can use. It's like the gyms of New York. Yes, exactly. But I will tell you more than once, I have had to like wake up someone living in a handicapped stall and be like, I'm so sorry, but I have to use this. And they have to gather their belongings and leave. And then, you know, you're like, I thought I was having a bad day until I just kicked a woman out of a handicapped stall that she's clearly living in <laughs> at a Denny's. You know, puts things in perspective is my right, point. Right, exactly. 
WW leader Amy says, just mirror everyone. In traffic, sometimes see faces in the back of a car. Back seats are four eyes, trunk, handle, nose, taillight, cheeks, licensed teeth. Um, only when I'm stoned. I yeah. <laughs> one wow. of my favorite favorite walks in college was so I went to Pomona College, which is part of the Claremont Colleges. There's five colleges in a consortium, and I remember. And so we'd go to parties on different campuses, and it was like it wasn't a long walk, but it it was a walk, walking from one campus to another, and you'd always go in a group. And I remember being very stoned and walking to some event on some other campus and just noticing that all – we were just walking through a parking lot. It was like the most entertaining parking lot ever because all the cars looked like faces. And I was very delighted by this. It sounds fun. It was fun. I would be freaked out. If cars look like faces? Yes. I don't well, like that I knew they were cars. Stuff. It was just like, oh, it was like watching cars. Like they've – it's like very Pixar. Like they'd come to life. I didn't – I wasn't – I wasn't – um it's um, hallucinating. hallucinating. Oh, oh, oh. I lost okay. the word for a second. No, it wasn't hallucinating. No, that would scare me. No, I was just like, just very, my oh, imagination so was on fire. Agreed. That was uh, back when pot was fun. It's been a really long time, but it turned on me at a yeah, certain point. And I just began to get bored it's- and paranoid and unhappy and like, I don't like this anymore. Right. And time began to, insta- it That's just what passed I, so slow. I'm always like, when is this going to be over so I can do something? Yes. Like, I can get on with my life. Yeah, That's I feel I useless feel. and stupid. Yeah. Yeah, I don't um I I envy and I'm fascinated by the functional stoners. Yes. Like the people who could get stoned and go to class cuz I tried to read stoned and I would just read the same paragraph over and over and it couldn't oh, it wouldn't go that. in. Yeah. yeah. Joanne says, just mirror everyone, creeped out by adults who are really into Disneyland. You know the kind I mean, too enthusiastic not to be trusted. Okay. 100%. Well, I get I get that on principle. Daniel and I had season passes we don't have them anymore. I want to get them back. But when we were in what? line, I like Disneyland. Why do you have a season pass? You, you don't have any children. No. That, be, because it's so expensive to go once. And if you get the season pass, it's like the price of going three times or something. So you sit there and you're like, who the heck wants to go more than once? It's a nightmare. It is an honest you're to God your head, Gary. live nightmare. I know that you like Disneyland. It's lines and Incorrect. kids crying. and really? You're misrepresenting lines. my position. I like Club 33. Oh, okay. You're not going to catch me going to Disneyland and just just to go. I, I've i been there. and we, we grew up 30 miles from there. How many times have you been to Disneyland in your life? Because for me, a it's lot. at least 30. Well, so anyway, we had the season passes and we're like, okay, we basically have to go two and a half times to make these worth their money or three times or whatever. And I think like we just barely did it. <laughs> so that's why we didn't get them again because we didn't go. But it's hard because the season passes have a blackout day. I work on Sundays. He works on Fridays. Mm. You can't go on Saturday. So it just didn't work for us. Right. But but anyway, in line, I said to him, because this was like early in our dating. I It was early enough in our dating where like it seemed like a good idea. And he's like, I'll buy a season passes. I'm like, okay. Uh, and I said, but we can't become those people. And I can't remember if I pointed to a couple that we couldn't become or if I described the couple we couldn't become, but the ones who have like the denim shirts with paint a picture for us. Tigger on the back. <laughs> matching oh, Disney God. denim shirts that have characters on them. Like we can't become those people. Right. So I know what you guys mean. I'm just saying I I like Disneyland. So you're basically poo pooing the Tigger people, but yet still enthusiastic enough to buy a season pass. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> you really took the high moral high ground on that one. If he were here, he would explain the knots we've turned ourselves into to explain why it makes sense 
that we like Disneyland and have season passes, but we are not those people. See, because if you don't have a season pass, this is then, like Chris on a Thursday show. Yeah, when you do, if you don't have a season pass, then when you go, you're like, I've really got to get my money's worth, and you feel pressure to go from like morning to night. Whereas if you have a season pass, you might just go for dinner. Hey, I have an idea. How about you not go? I don't have children. No. There's no reason for me to be hanging around Disneyland. When's like, the last time you went? I, I mean, when I have to work, I have to go, and they have that awful. 24-hour nonsense where people, we kid you not, we come in their that. pajamas. They're waiting at the gate at midnight. They let them in. They're so excited. They take pictures on every hour with yeah. signs. This mm-hmm. is you. You are those people. We Allison, I have that. news for you. But here's the thing. <laughs> Basically, we spent all day debating whether to go, watching. This is almost worse. The point is you were there. We you made the decision. We spent all day debating whether to go. I don't want to hear about we the pre-debate. We tuning in to the, the live cams to because the whole thing was Hold how crowded is it going to be? Hold on a second. Okay. You're watching Disneyland online now? <laughs> That's what I'm saying. Oh my God. <laughs> That's what I'm saying because we were trying to, we're like, it doesn't look very crowded. We were trying to assess how crowded we were. We kept refreshing the Twitter hashtag thing, Disney 24 hour or whatever, to see how crowded it would. We finally went at like 10 p.m. It was very crowded. We had something to eat. We went on two rides, and then we left. And we were like, this is the latest we've been out in a really long time. <laughs> but well, it was really what? sad. Now I understand why we haven't been hanging out. <laughs> it's, a lot has become clear. <laughs> <laughs> through this you are those people. I probably would have interviewed you, but oh, I would have been so disappointing bad. because I don't think I'm one of those people. I exactly. You'd be like, "What? Look Wait, at you." Were, so you were there, though. Well, I have to go for work. I don't like go for fun or recreation. <laughs> That's what I'm saying, though. You I were mean, there, I'm being paid to be there and cover stuff. Yes. I wrote about. I have a syndicated column, and I wrote about it in that. So arguably, I'm being paid too. Fair enough. <laughs> you tiny, found a loophole. Tiny amount. Marcus Angstrom says. <laughs> Just spit all over everything. The scrolling text in the car dashboard that tells the song artist on the radio always freezes up when I look directly at it, just me or everyone. Oh, no, I don't have that. Nope. Um, I feel like there's something wrong with your car. <laughs> Perhaps, yeah. See, a, a mechanic, really. Ryan, Ryan Hetrick says, When I eat salad, I ration toppings, so I'm not left with a bowl of lettuce at the end. Instead, I'm left with a bowl of toppings. Well, that's good. You've, you've, that's good for you. Yeah, he's saving the best for last, that kind of thing. I mean, it depends what kind of toppings. I feel like, well, he's just saying, just he's not making a value judgment. He's just saying, just me or everyone. I want to um, know. No, I don't have that situation like, though. Where he's getting a salad, because depending on where he's getting it, is how great the toppings are. You know, if you're right. at, like one of those like sizzlers, <laughs> like all you can eat, where they have like pudding in the salad bar, inexplicably, <laughs> and like weird yeah. stuff. Like, but if you're in one of those uber healthy LA, it's all like kale and nuts right. or something. Who cares? I have never spoken publicly about this and when I talk about it you're going to understand why because it's not that interesting however (laughs) period of time where I was going to the hospital a lot because I was visiting a relative who was there and I became very acquainted with the hospital cafeteria Mm. Uh, for example they only serve egg beaters up to a certain hour in the morning but the salad bar I realized the dressings suck but if you put just a little bit of soup on the salad like directly on the salad as a dressing not bad I mean, wow. it's different than what you'd expect. What kind of soup? I think it was, uh, I think they had both minestrone and they had some kind of like beef barley thing. So they're both tomato-y. Huh. Just a tiny bit. Right. If, you, if you're if you in a pinch and you need a dressing and you also like soup. <laughs> I might start, I might. Do that. Yeah, try it's it It's not out. bad. I do like soup. I'm I don't always like, in a pinch. I'm, I don't like soup that much. 
but on a salad, I I do like it. I guess. There you go. Like I never order. I know that's what I'm saying. <laughs> no, it, it's an expose. <laughs> it really is. Uh, but you will you won't catch me ordering soup. <laughs> not at Disneyland or any of my usual haunts. Yeah, no, Disneyland isn't really the soup hot spot. <laughs> no. It's those turkey legs or whatever. Awful. It's not the awful, Ren Fair. Overpriced. Food. It's not turkey legs. They That's always people walking around oh, with those. At there's Disneyland? big turkey legs. Yeah, at yeah. Disneyland they have now. giant turkey legs. When did that happen? <laughs> Allison better re up <laughs> that season pass. You know, who I, you know how New who reason I would to ask go. is you. <laughs> I, no. Okay. I was away from Disneyland for years and years and years, so I did not get my fix. I've come back to claim it, but apparently the turkey legs happened while I was gone, and I never noticed them in the two and a half or three times that Daniel and I went. Because I've never seen the big turkey legs at Disneyland. I think I would notice. <laughs> Maybe. And you're going to, you know. I'm going to have to get Googling. You're going to look at two people like <laughs> slobbering over their turkey legs. Like, at least we're not those people. <laughs> we're eating. We're refined. We're having soup on our salads like <laughs> like civilians. <laughs> we're not those savages. That's right. Edward Messer says, I'm afraid, just me or everyone, I'm afraid when pulling into a parking spot that the animal who parked on the line will be mad at me for parking too close. Let me just process that again. I was thinking about turkey legs. I'm afraid, he's afraid when he's pulling into a parking spot that the person who parked, oh, I know what you mean. Okay, so the person in the next spot over parked like basically right on the line, but is afraid that person will be mad at him for parking too close. Right. They will. Yeah, that's me, and I'm already angry yes. at you, Edward. Yeah. I never know whether to go a little too close on the driver's side or a little too close on the passenger the pa- side. Well, I always go the passenger, passenger side, side because there's always going to be a driver. Yeah, exactly. But you don't know if they have a passenger with them. So if they're going to nick your car. Right. So but then you're better in, chances. Then in danger of opening into them. You're in danger of opening into Correct. their passenger side, but Correct. I trust myself. I don't trust the idiot. I don't know. You know what I really don't know in this town, parking-wise? How close... Parallel parking. How close to... inches. Really? Uh-huh. Okay, good. I don't know. How cl- you, you know what question I was going to ask, though. How close to the curb do you have to be? Yeah. For 18 inches. I thought it was 10. Nope. That's a lot. I know. That's, That's a big space. Wow. And you trust the cops to know that? Yeah. Okay. I don't trust them to not ticket you anyways. Right. Like, I stay within three inches because I don't want to get <laughs> fucked with right. and this city is full of... Or the, I got ticketed because you didn't turn your wheels into the right you direction. You got that one? Oh, we know God. someone around here who got that I'm getting too. rid of my car because the city of LA will just force you to... I'd rather walk or hitchhike yeah. than give them any more money based on his car. I mean, I just can't handle the ticketing and the constant letters and... Fu- and the, just all, all of it. Like, pa- you can't go out to dinner without having to pay for valet parking. Like, that kills me. So that's I'm just one of, of it. That's something I vastly preferred in New York. Yeah. Not having no the whole having to have $7 a car. $7 to park in a lot where I could easily just park it myself if you just get out of the way. Yeah. That but just the crazy. stress of, of having a car and not ha- the sort of having a car. Not having a car would be a lot more stressful out here. But. Just the where am I going to park it? I like that stresses me Everywhere, out a lot. You don't go to a lot of places. You're like, forget it. We'll never find parking. I don't feel like dealing with it. We'll stay home. Yeah, yeah. So I just Uber everywhere now. Do you really? Yeah, yeah. Are you I'm, really going to get rid of your a car? A third of my salary has been going to Uber. Yes, I'm. I'm almost done. Like on the lease, and I just can't handle it. Not. You're I mean, just the car itself. To Uber? The gas is so expensive. I can't stand the parking. I can't stand being stressed out getting somewhere. Like on my way here. <gasps> you know, if you're in an Uber, you can text. You can get other stuff done. Um, but the, with the straw that broke the camel's back, got a red light ticket 
for $500 for like one of those red light cameras and I have to appear in court, which means I have to take a day off work to I fight it. I thought you it. don't have and, to pay those. Well, I, I heard that, but they keep sending letters and they were like, we're going to, you know, you're going to lose your license. And I'm like, for five, who has $500 just sitting around to pay a red light? I mean, what did you do? It was just, I, I apparently went through a red light oh. and they took a picture of it and they're like, well, you can go to court and fight it. And they usually, but that was it. I'm like, that is it. I mean, who, like, I'm thinking like, yeah, okay, I guess I could pay it, but there are people that are working like hand to mouth. There's no way they have $500 Mm-mm. to give the city because, you know, and in traffic here, you know what it's like. You're just trying to get through an intersection. Like, that's another thing. In New York, they send cars for you. Yeah. The anchors of, they don't do that here. Of the shows in New York, though. They all they, get cars. Yeah, right? Yeah. Okay. And oh, out here, course. no one, does anyone get a car? So I did one, two, two or three. Maybe three TV appearances where cars have been sent for I you. Think, for the like, most part, they if don't you're send on cars. Ellen, they'll send a car <laughs> for you. Like, I think it has to be something pretty big. But, like, does Ellen drive herself? Or does she have a car? I doubt or it's it. probably up to her. I doubt it. Yeah, she probably does whatever she wants. I don't, I don't understand if you have a lot of money why you ever drive ever. Well, I have announced I hate it. when I be salad bar in my house. Right, right, right. <laughs> With soup, maybe. Of course. Just to spice it up. Disney year-round pa- – I'm adding these things. These are not really things. I've announced the salad bar thing as a joke. But I have said if I ever become, like, sick wealthy uh, – People still use sick anymore. I said, I said that to try to sound him. Wicked wealthy. Yeah. <laughs> Rat hello. <laughs> hello yeah. wealthy. No, if, if it ever <laughs> makes sense for me to do this, I would like to have a chauffeur. Yeah. Who wouldn't? That's why I like Lindsay Lohan getting in trouble all the time for driving her drunk ass around. Why don't you get a drive? You have enough money. Get a driver. You'll yeah. never get in trouble. I don't get it. Some people like to drive, I guess. Well, they're stupid because they just keep getting Like Adam, no matter what, would always have. He would never have a driver. Well, he yeah, loves He has Mike August. Yeah, but. I, her point is still valid. Like, I like to drive, too, but if I had enough money to make sure that every time I had to have a cocktail, I could have a driver, I would 100% do that. Yeah. Right. Sooner – okay, and this is the last one. Sooner Magic says, after, discover, dis, excuse me, after discovering an acquaintance is very religious, I do a quick recap of previous convos to see if I might have offended them. Yes. Sure. Always. Well, so specifically to see if I said anything anti-religious. Right. <clears throat> well, I have a holy Bible – iPhone case cover, which occasionally offends people because they don't realize that it's a phone. I they're, like that. Okay. Because sometimes they're like, this happened recently where someone came up to me and they're like, oh, I'm into the Lord too. <laughs> oh, it was so great. So disappointed. And I was like, oh God, no, I'm mocking the Lord. I feel awful. Yeah. You just kind of feel like a jerk. Yeah. What'd you say? I felt terrible. I'm like, oh, actually this is an iPhone case cover. And he was so great. And this is why I love like happy Christians. He's like, you know what? Jesus Christ said we need to be bold and that's what you're doing. So I applaud it. I'm like, wow, you're really, you love it. You're selling the Kool-Aid, whatever it was. He was happy. I'm like, I want whatever he's on. He's a really happy guy. Yeah, I could see where that's not, I feel like only certain people would get super offended about that. Because in a way you're still spreading the word. Here's how I thought of it and why I thought it was great. iPhone case cover. Like, that iPhone is my Bible. I mean, it's, I have a religious connection to that phone. So much so that, like, I would probably throw one of my family members, you know, in front of a car to save my phone if there was, like, a Sophie's Choice situation. 
So it, that is a really great message then. <laughs> You've really embodied the principles. I take that's it back. Right, that's right. Your teeth are so white. Really? Mm-hmm. Oh, I don't. Uh, thanks. I feel What's like going I'm, on there? <laughs> nothing. I don't, I don't get them. You don't like, get white. You just have naturally super duper white teeth? I guess so. But I also want to know. Here's all of my beauty t- yes, please. tricks. Um, I can't afford like that expensive whitening. And I read in one of those like home remedy books. I just use peroxide. Like I dip my toothbrush in a bottle of peroxide and just like once a month or something. Hydrogen peroxide? Yeah. And it cleans off your toothbrush and it, yeah, and it, it gets a little foamy, but you spit it out. I mean, you don't drink it. Right. And, um, it does work. It does like whiten them a bit. Wow. Do you notice a difference right away? Uh, you have to do it a couple times. Yeah. But you don't want to do it too much because you'll weaken your enamel. your enamel and like your gums get white too. Hmm. As if they're being burned or something. I guess. Does that I hurt, mean, though? No, not at all. Because I've heard of gargling with hydrogen peroxide is a thing well, it kills that, germs, so it's, yeah. it's not bad for your mouth at all. Right. It must taste super gross, though. It doesn't taste like anything. It tastes like, I don't know, like a it's mildly salty water, maybe. Hmm. Yeah, it's That is a good Check tip. Check it out. Try it. I feel like I need to be checking out the tips more because I just... I'll give you another one. Okay. So that's how I whiten my teeth. If you're out, like me, if you're out in the field covering news and you have to be on TV and it's a super hot day in Los Angeles and you're a little greasy, shiny, you take those um, toilet seat covers that, you know, that are like the thin paper toilet seat covers and just do a little blotting. I've heard those are really good blotting. So I just carry toilet paper. Yeah, I just grab them whenever I see them. Do you feel like I'm more hung up on this than uh, the rest of the universe? That's okay. Do you do your own makeup when you are out in the field? Yes. Yeah. I do. I mean, I, when I come to work, I have none on. And then usually on the way while we're driving somewhere, I put it on, I put it on in the back of the van. And there's like a curling iron like rolling back and forth. Like, it's a very <laughs> dangerous thing. But um, by the time we get to the story, I usually like look half human. But yeah, I do it myself. I mean, all the reporters do it themselves. And you guys, like, you're, are you trying to do the full, like, I have my, here's my television makeup, and here's my Every this day. makeup, and here's my this, my yeah, yeah my different yeah. levels of it. And so you're in a car doing full TV makeup, full or are you TV, doing, yeah. like, Pretty eyelashes much and everything? TV. Yeah, yeah. You're putting on eyelashes in a car. Yeah, it's not That pretty. is your talent. I mean, you're pretty, very talented but... at everything else, but I mean, that is a, a real yeah, talent. Well, I mean, you become gifted at it at a certain time. You have to figure it out, like how to do it really fast. But I'll tell you this, like my hair is only done in the front section that people will see because I don't have time to do the whole head. The, yeah, the whole thing. But in, in the studio, like the makeup people put it on you. So it's like way more makeup. And, you know, that's when you walk out of work and everyone's like, who are you? Like you look right. like a, we're not allowed to say tranny anymore. I, I don't know what we're supposed to call it, but you look like a um, a, a performer of a drag. Can you a say drag, drag queen? queen? Yeah, you, that's yeah. I don't think I did. I know that tranny was not. A I don't know. Someone anymore. recently was like, "You can't say that anymore." I'm like, "Well, what do we call them? Like, that's what they're they're transsexuals, are they not? Like, what you are could we probably say, say transsexual. But then they said, "Well, if they're transsexuals, then you might be including transgender." And there's like three of them. I don't know. If someone wants to write you on Twitter and answer this for us, like, what are we supposed to use instead of tranny? Okay. Now, you think you can or can't say drag queen, though? I guess drag queen's fine, I would think that would be right? okay. But someone drag queen is know. more of, like, that's their job. Like, they're a big performer in a show. Whereas trannies, I kind of feel like they're, like, living as a woman just in their everyday life with drag queen makeup on them, even though they're not necessarily performing. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. I don't know if I'm right. I just that's my hunch. I'm trying to think. It's like when we weren't allowed to say retarded anymore. We really never came up with a good 
equal word. I've only recently let that one go. And I feel like I was the last to find out that I that mean, one's I held not out okay. for a long time. I did too. Not only did I hold out, but I feel like like I like to be up on what language is offensive and what language sure. like I I'm I'm not someone who's like god damn it all you pussies being so sensitive. Like I'm right. cool with okay, I don't want to be offensive, so if this offends you, I'm going to switch and somehow I don't know if it's because I've been out of college too long or I don't know how it happened, but I really, really was not aware that retarded was not an okay thing to say. I remember I like making it. a impassioned case about like they will not take fucktarded away from me. Right. Because that one I was like, yeah. I really like fucktard and fucktarded. But then. Well, I. Yeah. I just had to let them all go. I wrote recently. a news story, or like a punchy news story where I called Justin Bieber a pop tart. <laughs> And they would not let me use it. And I'm like, but it is, it's literally what he is. I mean, I'm just being truthful. Mm. And I just thought it was perfect for him. But yeah, I really, I was upset about that because there's no other good term like it. Right. Does that make sense? And like, I don't know that we're doing anyone favors calling them special needs. I don't know that that's I feel better. like dildo gets, you can call someone a dildo. and that, If you're talking about someone who's retarded? No. Uh, <laughs> That's absolutely not what I'm saying. <laughs> because that's worse, frankly, Allison. <laughs> I think you offend more people. It's definitely not what I meant. What I meant is, whereas I, instead of calling someone any der- derivation of retarded, oh, oh, I, I feel like dildo gets, like, what a dildo. That gets the same thing. But you couldn't really call him, like, a popdo. I mean, I'm usually using it when I'm, like, s- someone is really slow, which is what retarded means. Right. But apparently, you know, we're just not supposed to say it. But now it's turned like I love like when you I used to describe things as retarded. Yeah, There's we no all way. Did. Yeah. Or but now we're not only, like I used to describe things as gay and I get it like, OK, they're offended by that. So we're not saying that. But then we, we don't we, we need to come up with, you know, other better, words that can. Yeah. F- I'm because, suggesting dildo. <laughs> OK. All right. I'm on. I'm on board. Okay. I'll try it. But I'm just saying you, it doesn't it doesn't um, conjugate. Nearly the same as well. feeling, yeah. Is what I mean, right? Yeah. Well, retard's going to the grave with Adam Kroll if it makes you feel any better. <laughs> good, 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 he's glad. not going to let that one go. <laughs> he's fighting a good fight, but I mean, he's got you know he does a lot with it. Yeah, dance of the tards. That's yeah, been, like, I know. Look, he's made it his own. Yeah. yeah, for sure. Look, my sister was a special ed teacher, and so we would fight fight over it all the time. And I get it, and I get her point, you know. But she was so insanely PC about everything, like. She didn't want me to say that he's, you know, like he's stuck in a wheelchair or he's limited by a wheelchair. She's like, he's liberated by a wheelchair, Lauren, because wheelchairs gives him his freedom. Mm. I'm like, you're you're really that's, that's taking a bit it. much. That's that's a step too far. And she took this. What she joined this group where they're trying to get the handicap symbol, which is like someone in a wheelchair with the extra. They're trying to get the handicap signal changed to someone in a wheelchair like but cheering like hands up in the air celebrating oh, their wheelchair you know about this gary yes. you know about how this? do you know i saw a news story about it <laughs> i mean come on but what about people Look, who are paraplegics quadriplegics same. i mean they're excited they're liberated by their wheelchairs but i mean instead of confined to their wheelchair they're liberated by them That's you, you what get what i'm saying yes, i'm saying it's not saying. an accurate symbol for a quadriplegic because they they have no arms. I get it. They, no, they have, they arms. have they arms. They just, they just don't have use them. of them. Right, right, right. Sorry. 
What? Why am I now the one who's the most insensitive? We've, we've I know ourselves into a weird corner here. <laughs> but, but. Let's roll on out of this one. <laughs> I feel bad oh, now. Pun intended. It was here, everyone. I wish this had never happened. Yes. <laughs> no, that's all of us. Oof. All right. Well, if you're going to buy something on Amazon, <laughs> oh. which you are because they have everything. Nice transition. Thank you. Click through the banner on my website, alisonrosen.com. It doesn't cost you anything extra. It does help out the show. Per, for example, some things, oftentimes I like to say like things that we had mentioned on the show. So mm. curling iron, mm. like is rolling around in your truck or some false eyelashes, perhaps. They're available there too. Makeup, all sorts of cosmetics are on Amazon. What else have we talked about? Oh, I don't oh, know if you can get the hair straightening on there, but you can get probably. straightening irons. You can yeah. get those. You could probably get a lot of oil blotting papers and probably mm. even those toilet seat covers. Yeah, I'm, I would think. I'm motioning, you're, you're motioning to my like neck you as if them you're going to wear neck, them as, as it, like some kind of necklace. Yeah, but just all sorts. You'll of always things. have one handy that way. It's like you a bib would for you totally. <laughs> um, yeah, so click through the banner on, on my website, AllisonRosen.com. Doesn't cost you anything extra. It does have about the show. I think I probably just said that, but I'm saying it again. Well, what happened? Can I still get a no no? Do they work? Yes, they do. They and do? you still can. And if you're going to do it, go to nonobestfriend.com. Oh, okay. Or call the number. I'm very interested in that product. But I, I just I felt like I didn't want to buy one because I don't know if it works. It does work. It does work. And it doesn't even hurt. That's the most amazing thing about it. Um, Sorry to jump in, but please. it's a nonoprobestfriend.com. Oh, yes. Thank oh. you. Yeah. No, no. Used to be that you used to be right, but uh, they've since come out and they've got the pro model that's thirty five percent more effective. And, and I know that. And you'll very likely hear an ad for that at in the top this of the show. show. I want to yeah. come back here like a baby seal, like zero Do it. body yeah. hair. <laughs> Anywhere. I'm in shock that I gave out the wrong URL. It's because it's because they have both, but the no no pro best friend. Yeah, that's what. Gotcha. I am no recommending. No pro um, best friend. Yeah, you don't even feel it. That's the amazing that's thing great. about it. I know. You use it everywhere? I you mean, maybe I'm getting everywhere. too personal. But. Um, you don't want to go, like, don't go internally with it. Okay. okay. <laughs> All right. I'm glad you told me. Yeah. It, um, <laughs> if there's, good if it's. The, good for the bikini line, pretty much anywhere else, but uh, don't go inside the bikini line. Okay. But anywhere else on your body. Yeah. And, like, if this, if it's somewhere where the skin is, like, gathered. I like gathered, how Gary knows for a fact. Don't go. If it's over the skin is gathered or puckered or you want to, like, pull the skin top. You want a smooth surface to okay. use it on. So, okay. you know. Got it. So just be careful. So like that. With the cellulite areas, you want to smooth them out. Yeah. But, I mean, I think, you'll yeah, you'll be okay. okay. I'm just saying with the, like, let that be your guide in the bikini, <laughs> bikini area. Got if it's, it. Yeah. What's, oh, yes. We have a ringtone available. Oh, right. Hey, 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 go fuck yourself. You can get that by searching Hey Go Fuck Yourself on your iPhone in the iTunes store. And we have two special bonus episodes available with Doug Benson and Greg Proops and with Doug Benson and much of the Thursday gang. And you can get those. They're $1.99 in the comedy album section of the iTunes store. Um, everyone, check out Lauren Savon on Twitter, at Lauren Savon. Yeah. And watch her on television. Where should sure. they go to find out all about you? I don't have like a website or anything. I mean, I'm on Twitter at Lauren Savon. I'm on Instagram at idiot savant. Oh yes, I love that. I know it's a weird name. I have to probably change it because people don't know. But yeah, when I got it, when I finally got it one day, I was like, <laughs> "Oh, that's so clever." Well, initially I thought it was going to be like a private Instagram account. I didn't expect it to just be my you know regular thing. So, are you getting pressure to change it? Or you just feel like no. You should? I just people can't find me sometimes. Or yeah. they search. Yeah, Lauren Savant. Anyway, so 
Idiot Savan, S-I-V-A-N. Uh, and you can follow me on Twitter at Allison Rosen. You can follow the show's Twitter feed at A-R-I-Y-M-B-F. You can follow Gary at G. Patrick Smith. You can email us, A-R-I-Y-M-B-F at AdamCrolla.com. Thank you so much for doing the show. This was so super glad fun. you had me in. My life is complete. Thank you. And we have to hang out now. We do. If you will. Not Disney. I'll tell you that right now. Yeah, if you're still willing to be friends with me, even She's though I'm one of... for a refrigerator, so... <laughs> Those... <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Maybe really. we can go appliance shopping. In the market for a new bed. <laughs> okay. Hey, I know we a guy. Go, I know a guy. We can go uh, mattress swap on shopping. Mat- mattress yeah, one hundred percent. How fun would that be? Right. And it. we have to have a dog play date. Ortho mattress. By the way, I got the best mattress I've ever had in my really? life. Yeah. And the guy there has amazing stories about like all the celebrities that come in and test out mattresses. I feel like that's how do tease. we know it's true? I don't think it's reason to lie. Kind of. I the, guess you know. you're probably right. <laughs> All right, and thank you guys for listening. I love you. Goodbye. Hey, do you know about the Allison Rosen Show? We had a good time, but now we gotta go. Thank you for choosing the Allison Rosen Show.